ignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Oyibi Cathedral. He comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Gospel Crusade, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving Word of God. Now, listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. Let's pray this final prayer properly. Let's ask God for the spirit of revelation. I want you to pray. You know, times like these are very, 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 very enriching times. Just one sentence, just one word from God's servant can, can, can change your life. You want to lift up your hands and pray that he will speak to you. That this will be another time that everything you've heard in the earlier session will, will, will not stop you from receiving in this next session. Can you lift up your hands and pray? Please lift, lift up your hands and open your mouth and pray that God will speak to you. God will speak to you. His power has gathered us. His presence has gathered us. There must be a reason. God must have an interest in your life, your ministry, your future, everything about you. I believe that God is going to enrich us and speak into our lives, strengthen us. Father, we thank you for the abundant supply of your spirit. We thank you for the abundant supply of your spirit. Let this time be another time of impartation. Open our eyes. Pray and ask God to open your eyes. Open your eyes. Ask the Lord to open your eyes. Ask the Lord to, 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 to speak into your life. To send the word your way. A word that changes you and makes you a very different person. We thank you, Father. We are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you clap your hands and we may be seated. I think we are ready for another round. I said another round. Do you now understand why God brought you here? Have you received something so far? Well, another round of the word of God. But before we receive God's servant, help me welcome our sister Grace to bless us with two songs. A certain man he had two sons The younger of them said to him Father give me the portion Of goods that fall to me And he divided them to them His living yeah. 
many days after The younger son got it all together And took his journey to a far country There he wasted his substance On riotous living And he spent everything You must be quick to believe, be quick to obey. You must be quick to change your mind, you must be quick to hear. You must be quick to receive, be quick to understand. You must be quick to humble yourself, be quick to yield yourself. Now there arose a mighty famine And he began to be in want And he joined himself to a citizen of that country Yes he did He sent him into the field to feed the swine And he would have filled his belly with the hacks that the swine did eat And nobody, nobody cared to him Oh, you must be quick to believe Be quick to obey You must be quick to change your mind You must be quick to hear You must be quick to receive Be quick to understand You must be quick to humble yourself Be quick to yield yourself When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough to eat and bread enough to spare? And I perish, I perish here with hunger. Say, I will arise and go to my father Say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee And I am no more worthy to be called your son Make me one of your hired servants Oh, so you must be quick to believe be quick to obey You must be quick to change your mind You must be quick to hear You must be quick to receive Be quick to understand You must be quick to humble yourself Be quick to yield yourself
Then he arose and came to his father But when he was a great way of his father's side And he had compassion and ran And fell on him And he kissed him And this is what he said Bring forth the rope and put it on Bring forth the ring and get some shoes Bring forth a cow, let us kill and let us be merry Cause my son was dead, he's alive today He was lost but now he's found You must be quick to believe Be quick to obey the word of God You must be quick to change your mind You must be quick to hear You must be quick to receive Be quick to understand You must be quick to humble yourself Be quick to yield yourself Yes, you must be quick to believe Be quick to obey the word of God You must be quick to change your mind You must be quick to hear You must be quick to receive Be quick to understand, understand You must be quick to humble yourself Be quick to yield yourself Amen How many of us are ready to build the house of God? Oh, give the Lord a shout if you agree with me Thank you. 
in a way just to put in the back of holes Getting so much but raping so very little You have so much but ripped so little Because of my house that lieth waste You dwell in your own house But my house is not built This is the time to build my house oh, 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 oh. My child, I will build my house upon this rock The gates of hell shall not prevail against it And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. What you find on earth, it's found in heaven. Will you build my church? Will you build my house? Would it be like Nehemiah and build a house of God? Say, I will build your church, Lord. I will build your house, and I'll be like
Don't stop clapping. Our father wrote a very beautiful song. I love it very much. It talks about being faithful towards the little God has given you. This afternoon we are pastors, basenta leaders, shepherds, lovers of God. Some do much, some do little, but your little can become much. I want to welcome Mary to sing One Talent. And I'm believing God that by the time God is done with you, you'd have progressed to a five-talent servant of God. Amen. Clap your hands for her. Someone who has two talents And someone else who has five talents And so my Lord, I feel like hiding my gift I feel like hiding my gift When I'm in the midst of gifted people Oh Lord, I feel like hiding my gifts. I feel like hiding my talent when I'm in the midst of gifted people. Oh Lord, only one talent. Others have more. Many more talents. Gonna use what I have if I wanna hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. If I give you one talent, you will be judged for that talent. Oh Lord. There's an issue of laziness too I don't like working hard I feel tired all the time I like sleeping and eating and resting I don't want to be bored I don't like working hard I don't like difficult things And so my Lord, am I falling short? Oh, oh, am I walking in fear? Or do I have the spirit of fear? Oh, Lord, 
Am I walking in fear or do I have the spirit of fear? Oh Lord, only one talent. Lord, others have more. Many more talents. I need to use what I have. If I want to hear him say, well done. Good and faithful servant. If I give you five talents, you will be judged for that talent. And resting, you don't like difficult things. You feel tired all the time. You always have excuses. Oh, my friend, you are falling short. Whoa, you are walking in fear, or do you have the spirit of fear? Oh Lord, am I falling short? Oh, am I walking in fear, or do I have the spirit of fear? Oh Lord, only one talent. Lord, others have more. Many more talents. I need to use what I have. I wanna hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. If God gives you two talents, you will be judged for that talent. Will you use your gifts for Jesus? Will you preach? All right.
Clapping your hands. Hallelujah. Well, it's time for God's word. And uh, this morning, someone introduced me to introduce the preacher. Were you here? Somebody introduced me to introduce. Oh, I want to say a very big welcome to Dr. Joyce Jabate. I've seen Reverend Eben. God bless you. You are welcome. We are hoping to have you here to, to bless the church at another appropriate time. Clap your hands for Dr. Joyce. Reverend Duke Jamra is also here. We have an anointed lineup of mans and womans of God. Bishop Jamel is here. Reverend Michael is here. Reverend Michael Samani, all the way from Switzerland, we have Reverend Eben Johnson, and many more, many more. If I say I'm introducing, I'm going to um, take too much of our time. But I want to say welcome to all the lay presidents who are here from uh, Switzerland, Afghanistan, Ghana, and uh, there's, been, there's been somebody from Pediasa Cathedral. I don't know what he's doing here, but, but God loves him very much. Well, today I'm, I'm very happy to be the one to introduce the one who will introduce the preacher. We have been so blessed by the ministry of this servant of God, but I need to remind you that he came with his wife. And uh, she she is a very anointed woman of God, a daughter of Bishop Dagwood Mills. I've had the privilege of being in the same class with her. While I was writing referrals, she was getting the credits and the distinctions. But that's life. You, you need not to be too envious and jealous when your friends are moving ahead. But it's been a blessing having her. Today she's here, and I felt that I don't qualify to introduce her husband. I don't think that when she's here, I must leave the, her to do what is right. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome a daughter of Bishop Dagwood Mills to introduce the preacher for this afternoon. Clap your hands and let's welcome Sister Ariel to bless us with an introduction of herself and then to introduce the servant of God. Keep clapping your hands. Those of you who know her as BDR, God has forgiven you. But she may also want to sing a song for us. Not today. Not today. Just Hallelujah. something, something small. I, I'm sure you are eager to hear the man of God. Are you not? No, we are yes, eager yes. to hear a song. Praise God. So, I will do what I've been asked to do, which is to introduce hey, Bishop Covey. 
One song. Just okay, just, just okay, not a song, but part of a song. What song? <laughs> Which song? The anointing. Is the anointing that makes the difference? Yes. My boy, can you play? Okay, don't yes. worry. I, I, His father is here. Please, Daddy, move there. Yes. <laughs> father and son ministry. Husband and wife ministry. Beautiful. Yes. If you are jealous, it's up to you. I don't know what your problem is, but don't worry. God loves you. Yes. She's, she's, she's going to bless. So, so you can stand and listen just a part of the song. Just a Feel part. her voice. Feel her anointing. And you watch how she's going to introduce her husband this afternoon. <laughs> the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good tidings to the me oh to bind up the broken to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound it's the anointing it makes the difference oh and once you've known You'll never be the same. Oh, you can't live without it. Once he's rested upon you, and he will teach you how to walk. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm really blessed to be here. Oh. <laughs> oh, mercy. Okay, so that's the man who's coming to preach, believe it or not. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm really blessed to be in this magnificent cathedral. Um, I'm very happy that um, the bishop of this denomination is my friend from way back when, you know. Sometimes I feel shy to say that he's my friend because he's such a major man of God, you know. But um, I'm very blessed to be here. And I want to guarantee that um, whatever you're about to hear this afternoon is not just... um, words amen see when you preach the bible says guard your heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life so when you preach out of your heart life comes amen so the person who is about to preach 
I can guarantee you that these are not just words. He's preaching from his heart and he's preaching things he knows and things he has done and things that have worked and things that still work. Amen. So I want you to receive the word and understand the word and move out of here. And if you don't go with anything, go with at least one thing that is going to change in your life. And I guarantee you, your life and ministry will never be the same. I'm very happy and proud to call him my husband. He sometimes jokes a bit. And I know you've heard a lot of things, but don't mind him, amen. <laughs> don't mind him on that part. But you are really blessed to receive today from Reverend Kojo Olin Lindsay. You're supposed to hug me. That's how it's done. It's protocol. Yeah. Please, you have ice cream here. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. What a blessing. What an honor. Hallelujah. Please put your hand on your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you and adore you for you make all things possible. You give us the first family when you brought Jesus Christ as a son. It was an indication that you have given us a spirit of sonship. Behold, what manner of love you demonstrate that you have called us your sons and your children. And it's not yet even appeared what we shall be in the hereafter. Just a few drops of sonship anointing has made a whole difference by your spirit. Holy Spirit, you are the one that Jesus Christ left us with. In his stead, you are put here. Give us a spirit of sonship. Let the word come through. As word from the Father. We give you glory and praise. Thank you for the anointing and the power of this house. The grace upon this house. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Please put your hands together. You may please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Bishop Ogo, again, I really thank you for, you know, the privilege of this opportunity to preach in this pulpit is an honor. And um, I think my wife mentioned it. Um, Bishop Ogo has pastored us before he pastored you. In case you don't know, yes. He was the class pastor and to an extent the school pastor in medical school. Because everyone would come to him with their issues. I remember the names Sambalat and Tobiah. I heard it the first time in my life because of a note he sent me. I don't think he remembers, but he heard about my issue of some type form of persecution. And he said, all the Tobias and Sambalats in my life, God will deal with them. And it made me go and read the Bible. I said, Sambalats, Tobias, who are they? That day I found out and I read the whole book of Nehemiah because of a man of God. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Bishop Ogo, for pastoring me and above all, for speaking on my behalf a word to cause my wife to turn. 
You know, when I proposed to my wife and then she said, I've surprised her. I said, no problem. She said she's going to speak to her counselors and she went and she spoke to her counselors. One of the things that I heard, I never heard from Bishop Ogo his input. It, I heard it from a friend of my wife. But my wife's friend said she came to her to say that, I mean, that my friend, when I proposed, my friend said she came. So, so what do you think about the guy? And my wife said, mm, I'm confused. Then my wife's friend said, then that's good. You've never been confused about anybody. You are straight off. I don't like him. So if you are confused, it's a good thing. And then when she moved from that, my girl, her girlfriend to now her friend, Bishop Ogo, all the confusion went away. Yeah. She moved from I'm confused to I'm sure. And here from I'm sure to I do. Clap for the Lord Jesus. And three boys down the line, you can see that God has blessed her. Even now, anyway, everything I said has been corrected. You can see that. When you see her, you can see that. Upper East, Upper West is no more like... Anyway, clap for the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. She has been blessed because I've fed her. I've nourished her. I've given her feeding bottle, all kinds of things to nourish her. Thank God. God has restored all that the canker worm drank from the Upper East region, drank from the Upper West region. Glory to Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, ladies and gentlemen, now I have upper power to glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, today, I believe... <laughs> Let's come back to church, please. <laughs> I believe that today, God has brought a family spirit into the church. You know, all the songs that were being sung, I believe that was leading up to this point when he talked about there was a certain man who had two sons and one, you know, went away, took all that was to for, supposed to be for him and went all that, talking about the father, the son, all these things. And then came my wife too. And then look at the introduction. You can see the family spirit. We have been together for years. Bishop Ogo, the first time that I found my, my, my wife was then, you know, uh, just a friend. I mean, because I had invited Bishop Ogo, they had come, they had moved from the medical school in Kolebut, I mean, in um, Accra, and then Ligon. And then they were moving in, and they had not been given their rooms yet, yet they were supposed to come to school. And I was going on vacation, and my room, many people asked, but because of the church that we belong, I said, if I have to give anyway, I have to give it to a brother in Christ. I gave my room to Bishop Ogo. You know, clap for the Lord Jesus. And it's been such a blessing. I'm sure part of the anointing that I operate with is because I inherited it from, you know, a mantle that he left behind. And I believe that God has been a blessing. Today, I want to confess that I didn't just give it to him because of him, but because I realized he was very close to a friend that I was interested in. So through that, my friend got to come to my room and I could walk into the place when they're having discussions as if I left my book, but I left my heart in there. And I was able to speak my way through with Bishop Ogo as a connecting point because I, he thought it was a sacrifice, but it was a bait. Glory to God today. I can make a confession. Bible says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. 
I, Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. Clap for the Lord Jesus. <laughs> it works. Hallelujah. Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and the children of God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. So all things have worked together for my good. Thank you, Bishop Ogo, for accepting the offer to use my room. Glory to Jesus. Today was part of that decision. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say that Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship. You can call religions all you want. Christianity is not one of them. Because religion is man's efforts at reaching God. Religion, religiously, you have to do this thing, this way, that way, that way. But you see, Christianity is God's effort at reaching man. There is no God relationship like that in any religion. There's only one. God's efforts. That's why Romans chapter 5 verse 8 will say, And God commended his love toward us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it's a relationship. And today, I want to, I mean this evening in this last session, I want to talk to us about the most important thing that God requires in the wilderness church. You know, we've talked about seven lay people as volunteers. We talked about the hairs and the errands and the fact that on that highest mountain, when Joshua's were fighting in the field, Moses was lifting up the rod of God and his hands were weak and there were two people that came. Aaron on one side, whom we know is called, it's a Levite. So he, he had a place, but who was here? Hair was from the tribe of Judah and he was called at the highest level of ministry to come and support the hand of Moses. That is where we find the lay ministry coming on one side to support, to bring balance. And here we are in the context of the call of Moses and of the call of Aaron. We, the hairs or the lay ministers, lay workers, we found our calling. What a privilege to have been called when the highest level of activity with God was put in place. We were also called. And ladies and gentlemen, since that time, he said, he said, rehearse this as a memorial to Joshua, whoever is in the field, who's fighting. Remember that somebody who's a father sits somewhere holding the rod of God, who has supporters, who by their lifting up of the rod of God, your success actually can be explained. Whatever you are doing in the field, you may be called a Joshua, you may have won a lot of battles, your church may become big, your anointing, whatever graces, it is connected to the father, the person God called, God called the father of the church in the wilderness, the Moses who lifts up the rod. And that was a connection to the success. Ladies and gentlemen, in the New Testament church, it's no different. Somebody called a father. You remember what I said? That Moses was actually called, and if you bring it back, Exodus chapter 4 again, and verse number, I believe verse number 11, bring verse number 11, Exodus chapter 17, 17 rather. Is that right? Um, yeah. You see? In fact, let's go to verse 4, chapter 4 first, Exodus chapter 4. And let's look at the verse number, um, verse number, Maybe let's go to verse number 22. I want to tell you something. This Moses 
when he actually went to start collecting people together to come and help, her, which represented the Judas, the people that were not Levites, that was actually the lay people. And you realize that, and they were connected to Basileia. They were connected. So I told you, it's a multi-generational blessing. Okay? So you know, the hair's father was Caleb. And Caleb at 40, he f- to help Moses to be victorious. And God never forgot. He took care of him. He gave him a son in hair to be anointed to be working with Moses. Hair's son was Uri. Uri's son was Basileel, who was also anointed with a spirit of craftsmanship. God gave him the anointing. God made him to work in gold and in silver. So you can see that our work is a multi-generational work. Bishop has actually pastored us, has pastored myself, Bishop Ogo, and my wife. Our children are now being pastored by him. It's a multi-generational thing. It's a multi-generational blessing. And I can say by the grace of God, he most likely, Bishop Joshua has already got two children. And most likely those children will be pastored by a bishop. Can you imagine Moses pastoring Caleb, pastoring her, pastoring Uri, even Basileel, Basileel, Basileel. Basileel, Bible says that God commanded Moses about the building and he passed the message on to Basileel, the grandchild of uh, Mr. Hare, can you imagine? That's a multi-generational anointing. When you see a man of God, that God gives the ability to pastor generations. He's talking about something. This church is for the long haul, I tell you. It is for the long haul. It's for the long haul. It's for generations. And I look forward to speaking like Caleb. That look, 40 years ago, I supported Bishop Doug in this project to build this church, to build the lay people. And at 85, I am as strong and as lively as I was 45 years ago. And I will tell him, give me now this mountain. Give me now this mountain. Give me now this mountain. Because I'm as strong as I was 40 years ago. And I will walk with camboos and jeans. And I will carry my mic and perhaps be a church planter. Or perhaps be at the consecration of my great-grandchild. By the grace of God. Put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. That's the kind of thing. I'm talking about multi-generational blessing. But it starts with us recognizing that this does not come. It is not for nothing that Caleb is mentioned, then Hare, his son, Uri, his grandchild, and Basileel, his great-grandchild. Generations about Moses. This church thing is about families. It's a family affair. Clap for the Lord Jesus. It's a family affair. So I know that we are all serving. I know that we've talked about servants of God being great, serving doing the lay ministry with your full heart, even though you are part-time, you are full heart. We've talked about volunteers. We've talked about becoming, doing well in your business. All the things that we talked about, as if the whole thing about servanthood. Somebody asked a question before we left. And the question was that, how can you give yourself holy in this lay ministry, the way you are seeing some of us doing? It was a beautiful question. Well, I gave you part of the answer in the fact that you have to sacrifice, you have to volunteer, wisdom, all these things. But the greatest answer is what I'm going to tell you in this session. The greatest answer is to actually look at how God operated. When God was looking at servants, what was their first qualification? When Jesus was acting as a servant, 
What was his first qualification? Therefore, when it comes to us, what should be our greatest qualification? Let's go to the church in the wilderness. When God called Moses and called people around him, who were God calling? Was he calling servants? Was he, who were we calling? The Bible says in Ezra chapter 4 and verse number 22, go tell Pharaoh, tell Pharaoh, let that Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Israel, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Then verse 23 says, tell him, let, and I say unto thee, let my son go that he may serve me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. Even in the wilderness church, God makes servants out of sons. If you are not a servant, you cannot, if you are not a son, you cannot be a good servant. At least not in the church. In the wilderness church, even God's calling, he identified, he gave for you. You have to be a son to serve as a servant and to do well. It's a family affair. It's a family affair. God said, Israel is my son. All we've heard, let my children go that they, let my children go that they may serve me in the world. Let my son go. Let my son go. The definition of who you are is a son. What you do is service. In the spirit of sonship. Hallelujah. Service describes what we do. Your identity is not a servant. Don't be deceived. If you get an identity as a servant while you are serving, you will never do well in your father's house unless it's not a family affair. The church is the biggest family, the greatest family. I have only done well because I've identified myself first as a son. Sons do far better than um, than, than, than generically uh, 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 proclaim servants sons that is your best place to be that is the first thing God identified who they were let my son go it says Israel is my son not my servant so don't be deceived everything I've said is true about service about being a lay worker being a lay servant but I can assure you People have served, but they have not done well. Only reason is they have not been sons. They have not been daughters. That's the only reason why. Or they fit to be sons while they were serving. And it became quite obvious that they were not sons. Listen, this is a family business. Even God himself, when he called, look at this, look at this. Let my son go. And when he's looking for something back, he's not destroying the servant's of Pharaoh. He's destroying the sons. Yeah. You can see that he is actually making an appeal and fighting for sonship. Fighting because killing Pharaoh's firstborn, not because he's lost servants. He's lost sons. He's lost sons. When we lose you, will we lose a son? As you are here, are you a son? Are you connected to the family lineage? Are you in the family spirit? Who are you? Before what are you doing here? Who are you? Who are you? Are you a son? Are you a daughter? Today, let me explain to you. The first thing that will qualify you to really do well, to really connect to the blessings of the house, is not what you do. Don't joke. What you do is nothing. What you do is nothing. We get a son. He will do it far better than you, Mr. Servant, Mr. Goody, Goody, Skill Servant. Your skill means nothing if you are not really in for an inheritance. It's the truth. Is the truth. Let me tell you, this Moses, God identified him in Ezra chapter 4. 
You remember when we went to verse 16? Go to verse 16. You see that? You see, go to verse, 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 yeah, verse 15. Mm-hmm. You see that? Moses was told as he was going, and God brought Aaron to help him because Moses said he was a stammerer. Now, watch this. And you, Moses, God was telling him, you shall speak unto him and put words in his mouth. See, I'm going to preach to you from this book called The Dangerous, those who are dangerous sons, but I'll pick a favorable, I don't think you'll say, I will tell you about true sons. It's also in this book. Clap for the Lord Jesus. What will make you a true son? But look at this. Thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. And listen to this. So Moses is putting words into, in case you don't know, it's Aaron, verse 14 will tell you. Verse 14. You see, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and he said, Is Aaron the Levite not your brother? I know that he can speak well. And behold, he comes forth to meet thee. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Yeah. Watch this. Aaron is happy to take the job Moses said he wouldn't do. But God says, no. Wait a minute. The job is a lot. I will still, you are still the father. The origins of these people. I have called you aside. And listen. You shall speak unto the person I'm bringing. Put your words in his mouth. That I will be with your mouth. And I will be with his mouth also. And will teach you what you shall say. So ladies and gentlemen, I told you that this, what it means is that when I pick up this book, as I've been preaching here this morning, it doesn't look to you like somebody who has just picked something. You can see that there's an anointing in what I'm saying. Yeah, although I'm speaking from this book, I'm saying that for the sake of people who say nonsense about why we preach about books. The original church in the wilderness, God told Moses, I've called you. You are the one who's called. You are the father of the church. You are the origin, the founder, like Bishop Doug. When I, what I'm doing is I'm telling you what you should say to the people, but I'm bringing spokesmen who you shall put the words in their mouth. Write a book and let them say it. And the mouth, I will be with your mouth, but I'll be with your mouth as well. So as I'm speaking, I speak the words of this book, but the anointing that God, God, the God who was with Bishop Dag's mouth, suddenly because I am propagating this word, he is with my mouth. And there will be an anointing. No wonder you are blessed. Clap for the Lord Jesus. No wonder you are blessed. Yeah. Now, this is a thing. Then he said, and he, he, whoever like me, shall be spokesman unto the people. Yeah, I'm a spokesman. I am not Moses. I'm not Bishop Dag. Yeah. Bishop Ogo came here as a son who's a spokesman to you. The anointing you see is because of his ability trans- to transmit the words that God has given Bishop Dag. So when Bishop Ogo preaches from this book, I, it's almost as if he wrote the books. Why? God who is with Bishop Dag's mouth is with his mouth because he's the quintessential great preacher of the book i learned this from him i listen to him all the time because i see that he's doing this a spokesman unto the people and it shall be even he shall be to thee the errands will be to moses instead of a mouth so i'm a mouthpiece bishop ogo and everybody who they are mouthpieces of moses that we have our bishop and what will he be and the moses you moses shall be to him that is Aaron or the spokesman instead of God. Ladies and gentlemen, what that means is that the people were supposed to see Moses the way they would see God. 
when they will receive, you see, Moses is not God. Will never be, that will never be God. It cannot be. Any day we say it's God, run from the church. Yeah, that's blasphemous. He can never be, he's a human being. He can never be God. But God says, he will be to us instead, in the stead of God. When I bring a babysitter to take care of my children, the babysitter is there in the stead of my wife, who would, whatever my wife would do, that is what, and see the babysitter as my wife. That's what I'm telling my children. And if you have a problem with that, you will not eat. You will never eat. Yeah, you have to see Bishop Dad in the stead of God. God didn't say he's God. He said he will be to you in the stead of God. The same way that you should see these words as anointed by God. It is not, I was not the one who was giving the words. I am here in the stead of Bishop Dad's mouth. See his mouth at work. Therefore, if you can accept the fact that I'm a spokesman, why can't you accept from the same God that he's there instead of God? If you can accept a pastor who speaks to you when Bishop Dad cannot come here, why can you, the same God, you've taken half, but you can't say that Bishop Dad is there in the stead of God. Yeah. Unless you have low IQ, you have, you have deficits in your memory and your reading. Dyslexia. You read, you can't see the rest of the, of the pages, the, the letters. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. It's a dyslexic, spiritual dyslexia. You see some, you refuse to see some. Yeah. Listen, when I lost my job, I went to this man of God. Man, but of God. Man, but of God. Man of God. And I spoke to him after praying to God the Father. I went to him and listen, my, my, my bishop, my bishop in America told me, go, bishop will have a word for you. See, do you remember? He told me, speak to daddy, speak to daddy. Speak to, speak to that. I'm coming to that, daddy. Speak to him. And I called him. When I called him, his first thing, hey, you lost a job. You're blessed. Yeah. You shouldn't need to work for some time. That's it. Yeah, you, should, could, you, could, you shouldn't need to work for some time. And he said, the second thing was what? Call a queer. Call, call a queer. I've heard that he does some locum or some contract, doctor contract. Call him. You don't need to work for him. Yeah, that's a word for me. He was there in the stead of God. I prayed to God, but I told God, the one you have put there is like my children call me here when they have issues. And then they say, we are going to Pastor Richard, who is there in the stead of you. Whatever you will give, tell Pastor Richard, give to Pastor, he will give it to me. And they get it directly in America, although I'm in Ghana. And I spoke to him. He said, call it queer. That is the end. Look, from that day, I have earned far more than the job that I lost. Just by that word. Just by that word. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can accept that he's there in the stead of God, then you can understand what I'm about to preach. Yeah, then you can. That's the only way you can understand what I'm about to preach. Do you get the point? Because I'm talking about family spirit. I'm talking about sonship. Many people say, ah, you shouldn't call anybody father. Well, the same way that Bishop Jesus was saying, you shouldn't call anybody God. Yeah, anybody good. But that representation in the stead of God, to be to him in the stead of God, is a very important thing. Yeah, it's very, 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 very important for you to see. 
that when somebody is giving to you, he's in the stead of God. Therefore, you know, in that place, God called the Israelites, these are my sons. He said, told Moses, go and tell Pharaoh, let my son go, even my firstborn. In other words, if Moses is in the stead of God, he's supposed to treat the, the, the sons as his sons. The children must also see, if they can see that Moses in the stead of God, whoever God is for them, they can find it in the person whose stead was, whose God was stead, stead was God, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. thing was stead. And everyone who did not, you see, when, when everybody was wiped out because they didn't receive Moses as a father, God wiped everybody out and he gave Moses another set of children. You should read the book of Deuteronomy, totally different from Leviticus, totally different from Exodus, totally different. Sister, don't go Chinese on me. That's sister, yeah. Yeah, you, get one in green. Don't go Chinese. Please wake up, okay? Uh-huh. Now, <laughs> amen. Where I know you be, not in China. Amen. What was I saying? Yeah, the book of Exodus, Leviticus. Now, it was terrible for Moses, eh? And those people were all wiped out. Until their children, who received Moses as a father, could actually receive. That was the only time they inherited something from God. The promised land that God has promised. Moses was able to lead them and sent them to the promised land. Ladies and gentlemen, God you may not see. But God will bring representatives. Psalm 77 verse 19 and verse 20. Watch this. Psalm 77. The Bible says that God led his people. Eh? This thy way, God's way is in the sea. And your path in great waters. Yet, and thy footsteps are not known. How do you see that? Your footsteps. God is saying he will lead you through the Red Sea. He will lead you in great waters. Yet you won't see his footsteps. So where is he? Where is he? He's saying something. I will lead you to the Red Sea. And I will lead you in the way. But my footsteps you will not see. Why do you want to see the footsteps? Now he's going to explain without footsteps how he's going to operate to lead the people through the Red Sea and in the way. And that's in verse 20. Bible says, you lead your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and of Aaron. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. It's the truth. You won't see footsteps. You want to see God? Look, you won't see, but he'll give you a hand. You lead your people by the hand of Moses and by the hand of Aaron. Lay well, lay people we are blessed to have Aaron's, Moses with his Aaron's leading us. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord Jesus. You have Bishop Dag as your Moses, Bishop Ogo as your Aaron. Always you will have two. Moses always have spokesmen here and there. Moses is there and then his Aaron. His Aaron. His Aaron. His Aaron. May you be led by the Aaron's and by the Moses. And it will be like the same as God. You won't see footsteps, but you go miraculously through the Red Sea and in the way. God is leading us, but by a man who is in the stead of God. 
That's why I started by telling this is he who was in the church in the wilderness. This is he. The day I learned this. Look, when Bishop is doing fundraising, it's like God is standing there. Yeah, that day that I lost, that year, I gave the biggest offering because I believe that God was requiring me. I remember Bishop calling, telling Bishop, go, go, and, tell, go and thank them because when I mentioned that amount, everybody thought I was crazy. And I said, thanking me, I should thank you. I should thank you. Yeah. Because I felt that it is God. You know, it's not normal, ladies and gentlemen. The kind of things that God has done through this man of God is not normal in this young age of his. Even to produce doctors. We are here. Me, I'm a doctor. Your bishop is a doctor. My wife is a doctor. To have been able to lead us to actually do ministry to this level. You should see all the people that had, were leaders, our mentors in medical school. Where are they? It takes a father's grace. It takes a son's covetous eye of admiration to actually draw on that grace. That is coming. That is coming. That is coming. I will tell you what those people lacked is what we have. They lacked the spirit of sonship. They lacked somebody they could call father and therefore they lost their rightful place that will draw on an anointing and an inheritance that they can operate by. I will explain to you, you'll be shocked that God wants his children to become proper children and if they are, they will get inheritance. Clap for the Lord Jesus. So remember, the only reason why Bishop Ogo is successful here, he's not skilled. Actually, he's as much a stammerer as Moses. You are the ones who don't know him. We worked with him. He constantly, he's, you, are, you are even praying for his voice to go faster as he's counseling you. Because you, you, you pity, uh, 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 you know. But today, today, a spirit of sonship has taken over. I admire it so much that from afar, I listen to catch whatever is on his life. I want it. Because I've seen that he's a son. Ladies and gentlemen, it is, you are in the quintessential church. If you miss your position of sonship, you, you, you are a waste. You are a waste basket. But you are not like that in Jesus' name. You are not like that. Ladies and gentlemen, it's very important what I'm saying. The best way that you will be effective is if you are a son. Not if you are skilled. Not if you are skilled. Not if you are old enough. Not if you are mature. And God was clear with Moses. They are my sons who are going to serve. And ladies and gentlemen, as safe is not enough. When Jesus Christ came, you may sit down please. Jesus Christ represented exactly that. When Jesus came in Luke chapter 2 verse 49. When Jesus' parents were looking for him. And they finally found him after three days. A 12 year old boy was sitting with the rabbis and talking, asking questions. Bible says then when the, children, the parents say, oh, why is it that you've done this to us? We've been your father and I have been searching for you for three days. In verse 48. And Jesus said, to them how is it that you sought me did you not know wish you not that i must be about my father's business 
I am moving from Moses to Jesus. Jesus came and identified himself as a son who is about his father's business. His father, my father, I am of my father first. That's my identity. And I do my father's business. That is what I do. That's secondary to who I am. Your identity will determine how far you can go. Your identity, who you are. God makes you something before he gives you something to do. Yeah. God makes you something. He makes you something before he gives you something to do. Yeah. The biggest something is a son. Let me tell you, when God is looking, you know, the nature of God, and I'm coming there, I'm, I'm working my way there. I'm working my way. I'm working my way to tell you what makes you a son and what is it that you need to be a son. I'm having to deal with it from the father's end. As in God the Father. You know? So when God created man, there are only two people in the Bible who are called the children of God. You know that? The sons of God. Only two. Adam and Jesus. Yeah. Maybe three. Adam, Jesus, and us. But we, we are secondary. But primarily, God created Adam. There are only two people who were not born by blood. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. God says, and God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and Adam and man became a living soul Adam you see fallen man of the dust of the ground breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul you see so when we talk about God we are in the image of God many people say oh God looks like us is he black is he white it's been a controversy it's neither of the above yeah, it's neither of the above. What God is, the only thing is God formed man out of the dust of the earth. The thing that gave identity to man is the breath of God, the spirit of God, the anointing of God. What is it that is spiritual from a father to a son that makes him look like him? The Bible says in the book of John chapter 4 that God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is not a physical thing like you and I, the physicality of you was born out of dust. And Bible says when everything is gone, in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 7, he said that the dust will go back to dust and the spirit will go back to his maker. I'm telling you, yeah, he said, then shall dust return to the earth as it was. Do you know the name of Adam is called Adam? It means soil. It means soil. I mean, so if you say God looks like Adam, God is soil. It's even an insult. It is a spirit that made Adam, Adam. If you are going to make a son to somebody who is spiritual, it's going to take a spiritual impartation. That is what makes you a son. I'm coming there. So it is that dust will return and that spirit shall return to God who gave it. The thing that makes us in God's image is the spirit that he gave us. Yeah. That dust will stay here. If it is like that, then we'll take all the. It is the spirit that he gave us. So only Adam, Adam, you know, when you look at the genealogy in Luke chapter 3, the last verse, he said, and they gone, and then Seth, and all these people, David and things came down, ah, even to Adam. And Adam, who is the son of God? Who's the son of God? Is that correct? Is that correct? Is, is it Luke? I think Luke chapter 3, the last verse. I may be wrong, but I think so. Can you bring it up? Luke chapter 3, 
the last verse. If it's not, can you bring it up at least? Okay, no problem. But you go and look at the genealogy. You see that it's there. The son of God. The son of God. All the others, you know, he can't do it. Okay, no problem. But just believe that it is. You'll find it and will bring it. Adam, who was the son of God. And Jesus Christ was also born. Born of the Virgin Mary, who was, you know. Eh? The last verse. Good, that's it. You see. Which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Adam, the son of God, the son of God, the son of God, because he has the spirit of God. And Jesus was born. The Bible says that when Mary was born, he was, he, the angel came to him. He said, that which you, is conceived in you. Is you shall be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, and that which is inside of you is of the Spirit. You see, I mean, I mean, Joseph never slept with Mary. You get the point. And yet there was a seed, a seed. So only two people primarily are the sons of God, Adam and Jesus. What's the common thing they have? The Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary, and the Spirit of God was put in the nostrils of Adam. And they became a living soul. That is why when we get born again, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That is separate. But you have to be born of the spirit to become a child of God. That which is born of the spirit, I think it's John 3, 6, is also spirit. You see, so that's why you must be born again. You must actually, for you to become a child of God, you must receive the spirit of God. Otherwise, you are not a child of God. You are only a child by the spirit of God. By the spirit of God. I am telling you something that you must really understand. Do you get the point? You are only a child. Even when you get born again. John chapter 1 verse 11 and 12. Verse 11 says, And he came to his own and his own received him. Then verse 12, As many as received him, he gave them the power to become the servants of God. The sons of God. He gave them, as many as he gave them the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his name. Ladies and gentlemen, without the spirit, you cannot receive sonship. Therefore, when you have to become a spiritual son, it's an impartation of the spirit that makes you a son. It's an impartation. What we need to look for in the father is the spirit that is upon him. That is what makes us children. I can assure you. I can assure you. You see, so there's a spiritual connection we all need to have to the spiritual father that God has given us for us to have an inheritance and to do the work well. This work is a spiritual work. Even God, when he needed to create things, he needed to get the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and voice and darkness was on the face of the deep. Eh? And... The spirit of the Lord moved on the face of the waters, right? Before God said, let there be light. And there was light. Everything that you can do, you need an anointing. And that anointing is already on a man of God. And that man of God must be somebody who has a relationship with you or you would want to have a relationship with for that impartation to come upon you. Sin God works with sons let my son go that he may serve me. Then for you, it's not enough to be just, it's, it's, you, you shouldn't want to just be a servant. 
but you must want to be a son so that I can qualify for the spiritual impartation. Clap for the Lord Jesus. The spiritual impartation. So, even in the Old Testament, there were people who were called the sons of the prophet because they needed to align as sons for the prophetic to actually impact them. Yeah. So, you realize that when Saul, when Saul was told you're going to be anointed, people knew this already, the sons of the prophet. So, when Saul came to, um, is this, Saul came to Samuel for the anointing, right? In, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, I believe it's verse 11 or so, when finally he said when you go you meet a group of prophets and you start prophesying with them when he started prophesying with them a question was asked him you see he said and it came to pass when all that who knew him before time saw him behold he prophesied among the prophets then the people said to one another what is come what is this that is come upon the son of kish a soul also among the prophets then verse 12 verse 12 and one of the people in the same place answered and said, but who is their father? Who is their father? For you to become a spiritual entity who speaks the word of God, who prophesies, who becomes spiritually relevant. You can't just be there without a father. So somebody rightly corrected. I'm in this place. I know what happens. Who is the father of these people who are exhibiting spiritual power? Yeah, I am exhibiting spiritual power as I speak to you. You are even odd that I'm a lay pastor. Yeah, it's the truth. I know it. It's the truth. You are surprised. But what I'm exhibiting is the spirit of an inheritance of a son that is manifesting. That's man. So who is my father? You rightly ask, but I dare to tell you, my father is Bishop Dag. Clap for the Lord Jesus. My father is Bishop Dag. And it's not just by words that I'm saying, but I relate with him as father. I honor him as a father. I love him as a father. I cherish him. I believe in him. I obey him as a father in the stead of God. And this is the result. Yeah. This is the result. This is the result. And it can't be any clearer than that. It is takes humility. And this is our heritage. This is our heritage. It's the truth. Who is your father? Who is his father? They know him as Mr. Cushy's son. You see that? And, ah, Saul. Is this Saul too? Where, where is he coming from? Huh? What is this that has come on the son of Kish, Mr. Kish? What is come? We know him. And Bible says those who knew his secular origins, one of that same place, somebody will once ask, one time is coming, they will ask, those who are in the church will wonder, what has come upon this Mr. Araba Lucy's daughter or Mrs. Araba Lucy? What has come upon this one? And they will have to ask, who is your father? What it means is that it takes a father to produce a spiritually relevant entity like Saul who is converted. He was looking for donkeys. He returned as a prophet. I was looking for medicine. I was going to medical school. I come out as a preacher. I was a pimp when I was 13. But here I am. A pastor. Yeah, a preaching pastor. And preaching well by the grace of God. Preaching very well by the grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. The difference is a father. It's the truth. 
For you here, you sit down. You will, if you sit down and you sit down, you become like, like Esau, who had a birthright, but never had the blessing. Because there was a disconnect. He knew his position. He knew that I belong to OEB. I'm a member of Lighthouse. I belong to UD, but never considered as anything worth craving for, coveting, drawing at. He never, never, he even, he was hungry and he was just about, just porridge stew or just lentil soup. And then they give you a hungry. After all, what is anointing? After all, what is a blessing? What's a birthright? When I'm hungry, I'm about to die anyway. Look at this nonsense. Look at this nonsense. Look at this nonsense. You see, you see these people that left us, they don't know. That's why every orangu deteriorates. Because what happens is that they lose the connection of a father, the source and the legitimacy of what was operating in their lives. And they walk out there and they think, I am great. I am a preacher. I'm a servant. But they forgot that the connection to the service was the spirit of sonship. When they disconnect, they finish, they finish, they fizzle out, they, be, they, they become oblivious to that and they, they just enter into dust. Yeah, they enter into dust. I've, I'm yet to see an orangu who has become better. Yeah, it's a truth. It's a truth. Let's be real. It's the truth. It's the truth. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is something we need to look at it again. And accept. It doesn't matter. Forget about this late nonsense. Do you get my point? I'm late this, I'm late. That's fine. But you are a late child. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 18, the Bible talks about this. It says that I and the sons whom the, and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. It's I and my children. I tell you, the anointing that bishop, the day that bishop Doug was kneeling down and he heard a voice from today, you shall, you can teach and I'll prove it to you. I was in that thing. Anybody who was supposed to connect, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for signs and wonders. I am a sign and I'm a wonder to you. I'm a surprise to you. Yeah. And it's from the Lord of hosts. Although he's dwelling in Mount Zion, he can command he knows the people who are sons, the people who are daughters. I tell you, you just want to serve? Come on now. It's not, the prodigal son left. He came back. He said, and I'll go back to my father. And I'll say to my father, father, I've sinned against God and against you. I'm no longer qualified to be your son or whatever. Yeah, your son. He knew it. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He was very naive, ignorant boy. He didn't know that what qualified him for service was the sonship. He said, I don't need a sonship. Let me be as one of the servants. So when he went there and he actually spoke, he spoke the word that he has rehearsed, but he left out the last word because he knew that he doesn't qualify. He said, I am no longer qualified to be your son. Immediately he stopped. You bring it up. He couldn't continue. You see, he said, and no more worthy to be called or a son. Make me one of thy servants. He said this is what he's going to say. But when he got there, verse 20, look at what he said. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a long, great way off, his father saw him. He had compassion and kissed him. Then verse 21, watch this. And the son said to him, watch this. Father, I've sinned against heaven. 
and in thy sight. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. That was it. He couldn't finish. He realized, whoa, by disqualifying myself as a son, I negate the next statement. He couldn't continue. He could not continue. The people that have been hired who are laborers, they are different from sons who disconnect. You finished. I'm coming for a high, to be hired. It's not as simple as that. It's not easy. This is a family business. Yeah, the qualification is sonship. The qualification is daughtership. Unless you are converted and become as a son, unless you are converted, unless you are humble enough to become... Jesus Christ said, suffer the little... The disciples were sucking the children. He said, suffer the little children to come to me. Of such is the kingdom of... This is the kind that inherit the kingdom. This is the kind that receive royalty. Of such, of such. It's not adults. You disciple, you are sucking the... Of such is the kingdom of such is the kingdom of God of such this is the kind that inherit things from the kingdom yes this is the kind and then he went on in Matthew 18 said unless you humble yourself and become as these little children they were asking who is the greatest in the kingdom he says unless you convert yourself and become as these children you cannot have anything you see whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child the same is greater in the kingdom keep, keep going next verse Whoso, no the verse before unless you convert uh-huh. verily verse 8 and verily I say unto you except only the only way look I am a child I am a child I am actually a child of Bishop Dark. No, I'm not even talking about in terms of anointing. I am a baby. I'm a little boy. I know you see me as a doctor. I know you call me chairman one. I know I'm the lay president, whatever it is. That's nonsense to me. That's nonsense to me. That is never what it takes to do that. It's the spirit of sonship. Number one, number one, number one is a spirit. Unless I accept, I be converted as a doctor, whatever it is, and become as little children. I, I like the word children because it, it means that it's not just one, it's multiple. Anybody, multiple people can become. And become as little children. You shall not enter. You shall not have access to the things of the kingdom of heaven. And ministry is a kingdom thing. Anointing is a kingdom thing. I tell you, it takes the spirit of sonship. You are working too hard, Mr. Serviceman. You are working too hard, Mr. Asher. You are working too hard. You are working too hard, Mr. Lay President, Mr. Blaze, Mr. Whatever lay thing you are. You are working too hard. Just be converted as a little child. You are too known. You are too known. What you are? You have too much. You are too big. That's a problem you have. That's the problem you have. That's the problem you have. You are too aware. The Bible says of so when you were little in your own eyes, did the Lord not greet you the spirit of a king and make you a king? Now look at you today. You become so big. That's how he lost his heritage, spiritual heritage. You see, the same Saul, who, who was his father? God even eliminated everything. Came to Samuel, bowed, sleep here today. Your teen and believed everything. And he went away very anointed to prophesy. Spirit of the Lord came upon him. 
and he prophesied, became a king. He was little in his own eyes. Even when they were asking, oh, I'm too small. I can't do this. I'm the littlest of the lot. But suddenly when God made him king, he became so big. You, Mr. Lay Pastor, it's a small church that you started. Can you know the kind of church we are pastoring? Do you know the kind of relationship we have with God? Do you know the kind of scriptures we also know? Really? Do you know? Do you know the things we can boast of? You're talking about money. You're talking about house. You're talking whatever you're talking about. Do you know what there is? But that is all nothing when it comes to the kingdom. The most, except you be converted and you become a little child. You cannot, nothing can come. Nothing, 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 nothing. Hebrews 7, 7. Without controversy, with that, there's no question about it. The lesser is blessed of the greater. Unless you count yourself as the lesser. You are lesser. Somebody is greater than you. Somebody is anointed. Somebody is a father. I am a child. You can receive nothing. Mr. Lay President, all of you, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. If I end here, you are blessed. Yeah. If I end here, you are blessed. From today, they said, listen to messages. You don't listen. Read books. Some of you don't even know that there's a place called dagheuadmills.org which has the media well arranged. Orderly machinists are there. All comes and video comes are there. Audio comes are there. Year by year, book by book, Permano is there. Podcast, everything is arranged beautifully. Beautifully. You're too big. You're not a child. You don't want to be a son. I don't blame you. Your gray hairs are too many and your armpits. I don't blame you. You're, you have gray hair even in the upper east and upper west region. Yeah. Your central region is all gray. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame you. So when you look at all those things, it makes you look. Look at your big say, upper east. Upper, you're a big woman. You're a big woman. I understand. But don't be deceived. Be converted from today. Be converted. Be converted. May you become born again, again. May you become born again. May you become born again. Yeah. You see the point? That's what it is. And you see, this man over there, Elisha, was like that. Elisha became a child. Elisha became a child. Look at what became of him. Somebody who was a butcher. Yeah, there was a butcher when he was found. There were people who were going to school called the sons of the prophet. And they said, there's a butcher who's humble. Immediately, Elijah threw his mantle upon him. He said, follow me. He said, no problem. Please, let me go and cry my parents. And let me just, he said, no, no, no. He said, let me kill all that. He killed everything just by one word of instruction. And he followed Elijah. And as he was going, in the book of um, second, is it second Kings chapter 2? From verse 6. Let's read over there. It's amazing. Amazing. And Elijah said, while Elijah was following, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And the two went on. Listen. Let me tell you, the first qualification, I'll tell you about true sons. I'll put two messages in one. The first one is a son resembles his father. Number two, 
is a son is forever. Yeah, a son is forever. Yeah, I thought you would put your hands together. A son is forever. Look at this man. <laughs> Elisha, he said, he said, as the Lord liveth, as thy soul liveth, I will not live. So long as you are alive, Mr. Elijah, you are my father. I will never go anywhere. Recently, one of my, my church members told me, I just did something wrong. I screamed at him because of some misbehavior. And in the night, I felt I had overreacted. So I called him the following morning. And I said, I'm sorry, I overreacted. What he told me was amazing. He said, Daddy, call me, Daddy. Wow, Daddy, I have made a covenant with God that when it comes to you, you are my Aaron. God has sent you to me. You will never be wrong. You can scream at me again, Daddy. Please, never regret screaming at me. Never. Never. There will never be anything wrong. So if ever you feel guilty because you even called me in front of my church to tell me to kneel down, please don't feel that way. If you feel that way, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. And that man is anointed. Just this afternoon, he called me and then the senior pastor he was supposed to go and help. I sent him to go and start. I said, look, this man is too much for me. I think it's better for him to start another church. And he said he had gone to visit the person I sent to teach him a few things about building a church. I said, look at that. Look at that. A son resembles the father. The resemblance, the same way that the resemblance, the image of God is a spiritual resemblance. The resemblance of a son to a father. Bishop Doug Resemb- the children of Bishop Dag resemble him. It's not because, I mean, look, look at Bishop Ogo. Where, where is the part that resembles him physically? I mean, first of all, he's not a white man. <laughs> and he's not a, 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 a half caste. He is not light-skinned. He's not that tall. You get my point? And you see, he doesn't throw his legs when he's preaching. And you see, his belt is not here. You see that? And so where? His hair is not as curly. In fact, sorry, I was nearly going to say. (laughs) First of all, there must be hair before you call curly, right? Clap for the Lord Jesus. (laughs) Put your hands together for Jesus. Well, ladies and gentlemen, but, but, Lord, look at this. Much as there's no physical resemblance, there's a lot of spiritual resemblance. Even, look at this church. Go to First Love Church and see. It's the same. The same. Look at the things. When he's preaching, you can see a resemblance. His stories. I mean, he can captivate you for hours. You can start, see, you're standing. He, when he's preaching, people stand. That's why I'm happy that I came to his church. But for the first time, you see how people are standing. Thank you, Bishop Ogo. I take the mantle some in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. He can preach. Uh, it was the room that I went to. When I went, you see, Elisha, the mantle was in, would say, go and anoint him in his room. I went to the room and immediately I got there, music started blowing. I said, wow. Something spiritual is happening. Today shall be a good day. But ladies and gentlemen, it's not physical because the dust shall go back to earth and the spirit will go to his maker. There is something upon him 
that he has acquired, he resembles his father. A son resembles his father. Clearly, he looks like Bishop Doug. He looks like Bishop Doug in his everything. Crusades, evangelism, the preaching, the favor with the passion of preaching, the impartation, the following, the young people that he has. My children, they follow Bishop Ogo. That's how they got to know about Bishop Kobe. Because I said, I know about Danielization, Josephism. Some of you don't even know. But I've learned it because I've gone to his youth school. My children sent a gift one day to bring to him. Because he's pastoring them from afar. He resembles his father. And it's time for us. What is the difference? There is an impartation of the spirit. The spirit quickened. Bible says in John chapter 6 verse 63. It is the spirit that quickness. The flesh profits nothing. It's not physical at all. It's the spirit that will make you come alive. The flesh, 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 flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. Clap for the Lord Jesus. But I like the next verse. Jesus said, but there are some of you who don't believe. He said, you see, it's not the, it's the flesh. The flesh profits nothing. Oh, today I am Bishop Darkson. No, no, no. Be spiritual about it. Because the spirit that quick, that brings the life. The flesh has no use. No use. It's not about his throwing his legs and things. The words. It's the words. It's the words. It's the words that I speak unto you. They are the source of the spirit. You want to change spiritual change? Comes through the words. The words. The words. It's the words. That quickness. That brings alive. That changes you. It's the words that have quickened me. That has made me different. Yeah. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirits and they bring new life. And then immediately, he said to the contrary, you know, many of you don't believe. He said, but some of you, there are some of you who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and those who should betray him. Yeah. If you are here and you can betray, even your little nonsense talks about the man of God, you are never a son. You don't believe. People you believe in, you don't say certain things about them. Even if it's in secret. It's the truth. Believe the words. I tell you. That is the reason why. For example, this. As I'm just done two points. So two points. If I, it's one and a half. You get the point. But the thing is that the God, he said, God, who caused Moses to put the words in the mouth of the spokesman? He was with Moses' mouth. And he will be with that Aaron's mouth as well. It's the truth. So you see, what it means is that they don't believe. Well, watch this. They don't believe. They don't believe. Now, watch something. If you want to really catch the spirit and resemble the man of God, one of the ways, one of the ways is from his words. Jesus said. Yeah, Jesus said. You want to be a preacher, to be a spokesman. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4. Bible says, God has given me the tongue of the learned. How? He, that I should know how to speak a word in season. How to become an anointed preacher. How to, I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. 
How does he do it? He wakened me morning by morning. Wake, now which part of you? He wakened my ear to hear as the learned, as the learned, as the learned. For your tongue to develop to be the tongue of the learned, your ear must become the ear of the learned. You think it starts with the mouth? No, it starts with the ear. And it is a consistent wakening me morning by morning. He wakened my ear to hear, hear as the learned. Look, my little child was actually almost written off that would never speak. When we went, one of the things we found was two years, three years, he wouldn't speak. We went and they did all kinds of tests. His ears were blocked with fluid. His little brother spoke fast. When we hear, he mentioned his name, little brother's name twice. We had to rush there. Because the next thing, he beat his little brother out of frustration. He knew what to say. He couldn't say. By not knowing, he couldn't hear. They had to break through the ears, both fluids, drain it and put tubes in there. Until he could hear. Today, you should hear him. He doesn't, when we go back home, we're just lying down. He's chatting and chat, 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 chat. Same person who couldn't speak. Because he was wakened mine ear to hear as the learned has hearing, hearing, hearing has developed the tongue of the learned. We, it's not a speech therapy he needed. He needed a hearing therapy. That's what you need. Mr. Teaching Therapy. You want to speak therapy? No, you don't need a speech therapy. Don't learn to preach. Learn to hear. Learn to listen. Learn to go on and to listen and to hear and to believe what you are hearing. I tell you, to believe what you are hearing. It will change everything. It will change everything. Just one word. Just believe. Jesus said the difference is not just so much as hearing. Because when you hear, hearing by the word, then you put it, then you finish one message, finish one. But he said, some people don't believe what they are hearing. And it will never be well. It can, they cannot be affected by the anointing. They can't. He just told me, you're blessed. Go, call Equia. And maybe you should do locum. That's it. One day he told me, never, never, never do mortgages. That was it. I've never done mortgage. I won't tell you what it has resulted in. House, it's not a problem. By God's grace. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. I've never borrowed. By the grace of God. Word. Ladies and gentlemen, a son resembles his father. Learn to do things that are in-house and they are resemblance of what is happening spiritually. I tell you. I tell you. He starts he starts something. Yeah. Just do it. Just keep doing it. Believe in the words and see the resemblance. You look like him. And number two, a son is forever, but a servant is not. A servant is not. The Bible says in the book of, um, uh, 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 I think it's John chapter 8, verse 35. Bring it up and let's see. And the servant abided not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. You see, these boys who are walking out there and leaving and leaving, I told you about my story. When I wanted to leave the church, it took the Holy Spirit to explain to me, hey, do you want to be right or you want to be blessed? And in humility and tears, I bowed down and said, Lord, I would rather be blessed, not be right. You are so right 
that even when things are being destroyed, they don't care. It's called what? Pride. Self-righteousness is number one reason for pride. Self-righteousness, number one level. You see? So I had to go and beg, even though I, 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 I felt right. I said, no. I was wrong in many ways. I shouldn't focus on this the right. A son is forever. When I walk away, I'm no longer a son. I've never walked away on my father. Never. Walked away as a Lindsay. Me, I want to live here and die here by the grace of God. No matter what happened. You heard what my church member said. Said, no problem. It is not going to be a problem. I'm here for life. I'm here forever. Make that decision. It will qualify you for an anointing, for an impartation. It will qualify you. I'm telling you, a son, I'm talking about the characteristics that qualify you for the anointing. Number one, you resemble the father. Number two, you are forever. Not just a, a servant is not forever. I said, I'm taking my skill. LeBron James was in um, whatever, Cleveland. He said, I'm taking my skill to South Beach in Miami. He moved. He just moving, just moving around. I've now been trained. And I said, I'm taking my skill to where? To where? To South Beach? To where? Lighthouse is what it is. Lighthouse OEP, Lighthouse Kodesh, Lighthouse Memphis, Lighthouse Switzerland, wherever it is. I am home. Whenever I go somewhere, I am home. Even I look for the church before I find. I'm going home to my father's house. That is where I belong. A son is forever. Not even temporary excursions. Yeah. These people that have moved away, that are sometimes creating some feeling of, you know, you are also feeling like something. My brother, you're joking. It's a deception. Don't fall to that trap. A son is forever. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, they, when they, they left us because they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest that they were not all of us. They were not. Yeah. You see, when you leave, the devil actually severs you. You don't belong anymore. And it looks like the son knew it. It looks like the prodigal son, he knew it. So when he came, immediately he said, I'm no longer worthy. He knew what he had said. I don't qualify anymore. By my excursions, I don't qualify. And the father also said something that amazed me. When the big brother of the prodigal son came and was complaining, the father said, son, I think he's been 31. He said, it was meat that, and said, son, thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. Next verse. It was, it was meat that we should make merry and be glad and be glad. And look, for this thy brother was dead. Hey, living cancels your name as dead. Oh. Dead. I was on my way to death. When I just said, I'm going to my America. Thank God for a beautiful wife. Wise enough to tell me, I'm not with you. I'm not with you. Like I told you, anytime you're offended, never go to the offended. You will be wrong. That will be your last stop. Find somebody whose head is on right. Like my father said, borrow a brain and it better be a good one. Who will speak 
into your foolishness and correct you so that your deadness will be brought back to life. I was dying, but I did not know. This, your brother, was dead and is alive again. Was lost and is found. Was lost. I was getting lost. Ladies and gentlemen, never get lost. The sun is forever. Here is where I was born. Here is where I'm going to be grown, bred and battered and buried in Jesus' name. Amen. It should be. Pray for that grace. Pray for that grace. Pray for that grace. Pray for that grace. Yeah, the sun is forever. They left because it was, it was a manifestation. Why are we going? Going where? Going where? Going where? Going where? The sun is forever. That's how you qualify for the anointing, eh? That's why you, how, the sun, those who stayed, the sun who said, was said in verse 31, everything I have is yours. A father's grace is automatically yours when you stay with the father and you get blessed over there. Clap again for the Lord Jesus. Yeah. See, so, so, so this is my, my, my late friends. You know, <laughs> everything that is happening in this church and the grace on Bishop Doug is ours as well. We are just lay children. Yeah, yeah. We are children, different types of children. We are children. And you qualify. And not because of your, you know, my children, they are little children, great children, different grades, but they are all my children. They all call, they're all in my will. By the grace of God, they're all in my will. You get the point? So, it doesn't matter what type of children. Huh? It's not a problem at all. Bible says, the word came unto Jacob, but it lighted on Israel. So, long as you become spiritual, it is yours. Yeah, it is yours. And I'm talking spiritual children, because some of us, we are just here and saying we are children. The Bible says in Luke chapter 3 and verse 8, don't just speak, bring, said, bring forth fruit worthy of repentance and don't just begin to say to within yourself, we have Abraham as our father. For I say unto you that God is able of even stones to raise up children for Abraham. Don't just say. Don't become like uh, 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 Mubarak's brother was called what? Um, Hophni and Phinehas. Not Hophni and Mubarak. <laughs> yeah, Hophni and Phinehas. Sons of highly anointed Samuel. Ladies and gentlemen, these boys were some way. They were some way. Very some way. They would sleep with people. They would uh, uh, steal money from the church, fornicate, all kinds of things they were doing. They could not receive Samuel as a spiritual father, although they were biological children. The equivalent in the church is that there are people here who can receive Bishop Doug, or for that matter, Bishop Ugo, as the, oh, the, um, is my pastor, but he's not spiritually my father. There's a difference. Yeah. And so Hophni and Phinehas, or Mubarak, <laughs> they were in Samuel's house. They were in Samuel's church, uh, Eli's church. Eli, 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 Eli. Yeah. First, maybe made pastors. Even lay pastors, even full-time pastors. But they were not children. 
They were not children. They were not children at heart, spiritually. So they were by biological means or by church family. Yeah, they were children. You get my point? I mean, how can we say that you're not children of Bishop Dad? You're saving some way to say that. But it's not by saying, like what Luke 3 said. Don't just say it. Bring forth truth that show, demonstrated, worthy, fruit worthy of that change or repentance. Turn around and don't just speak and say, yeah, yeah there's a difference. And you see, this, this Hophni and Phinehas, they were there when little Samuel came, was born when they were grown and even blowing girls. I mean, I'm talking when I say blowing, you're blowing your nose, right? Things like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> or for the girls, blowing your hair. You see what I'm saying? They were blowing the girls in the church. Easy. The girls come, they blow them, they steal from the sacrifices and all that. They were misbehaving. And then came Samuel. Little Samuel. First Samuel chapter 3 and verse 6, 16. This Samuel came as a son. Even when he was hearing a voice... In the night, he would get up. He would get up and hears a voice. Samuel, Samuel, he ran straight to Eli. Daddy, you called me. No, I didn't call you. Then he go back and sleep. Samuel, Samuel, daddy. You see, this is a person who saw and heard Eli's voice as the voice of God. As the voice of God. Therefore, when he heard the voice of God, it must be the voice of Eli. Because he knew Eli was in the stead of God. He heard a third time. Daddy, I think you called me. It's a spiritual voice. It must be from you. He said, no. Then, Eli realized that God was calling him. He said, go back and sleep. This time, when the voice comes, say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Speak, Lord. For thy servant here. A father told him how to manage the ministry and the calling. Even if it's a higher calling, I still come to you, Mr. Eli. You are my father spiritually. I'm hearing some spiritual things. Help me interpret it. It looks like God is calling me to this. What do you think about it? That's how you behave. I feel like starting a church. I have a calling. Nonsense. Noise with nonsense. I heard from your pastor. It means nonsense. I learned it from Bishop. I told you I've been listening to him. I want, when I grow up, I want to be like him. Clap for the Lord Jesus. My greatest joy was when I went to Kodesh and Auntie Philippa called and told her daughter, Ah, could you preach there, Bishop? Oh, go. I said, Oh, thank you, Bishop. Thank you. <laughs> ah, let me wrap this small. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But what I'm saying. <laughs> I beg you, pray for me, okay? Whatever I've done wrong, please forgive me. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> and watch this, oh, and watch this. And the Lord called yet again Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called you not, my son. Lie down again. Keep going. The next verse. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord revealed unto him. You get the point. Then he gone. The Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he said, went to Eli and said, here I am. For thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. The child. Again, the child. May you be a child. Verse 9. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, 
Go, lie down, and it shall be. Look, it doesn't matter that you're an usher. Eh? It doesn't matter. This man was cleaning things in the church, lighting candles. He was not a preacher. He did not even know the word of God. So I'm not talking about lay pastors. So don't, don't even change the meter band to think I'm talking about pastors. I'm talking about lay workers, people who light up the candle, who clean the church. Ashes, that was Mr. Little Boy Samuel. But he was anointed. You can be anointed even if you are a singer. My wife was a singer. Today she's a bishop. Yeah, she's a bishop. She's a bishop. Sister Grace. So don't just sing low of yourself. You should rise up. She says, rise up. Yeah, I can see. Can see. She's still singing. She's still singing. She's still singing. I still act. Richie, rich. Only I told the Lord, take the rich. It's a rich fool I acted. Take the foolishness away and leave the riches. Clap for the Lord Jesus. <laughs> yeah. A child. A child. I'm talking about this was the church, Eli's church, and how Samuel became. The Samuel anointed that we know. He was a Sunday school teacher. He was an usher. He was a cleaner. He was a lighter. He was a bell boy. He was a messenger. Yeah. He was a director of people. He was a basenta person. He would, they would send him. Look at what he became. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down again. And the Lord, and if he called thee, then you should say, speak Lord for thy servant hearing. So Samuel went and laid down every time in obedience and laid down in his place. Then verse 10, watch this. And the Lord came and stood and called as other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for thy servant here. You see, again, he put the words in Samuel's mouth and Samuel spoke it. And God's anointing came upon Samuel that time. Eli told Samuel what to say. And Samuel didn't change it. And look at what happened. Then, verse 11, And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. Keep going. And in that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. Keep going. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever, for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. Watch this carefully. He did not restrain them. I'm coming to that. Remember this verse. Verse 14. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli. That the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be perished. With sacrifice nor offering forever. Verse 15. I want verse 16. But I go to verse 15. And someone lay until the morning. And opened the doors of the house. You see. He's an usher. Opening doors. So don't even change the thing. I'm talking about you. No matter who you are. That's whatever you do as a lay person. Yeah. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then verse 16. Look at what Samuel did. Look at what Eli did. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my servant. Samuel, my boss. Samuel, the usher. Samuel, grace the singer. Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. I like the theme, here I am. Send me a clap for the joy of Jesus. That thing, 
is a statement of sons. Here am I. You remember what I said in my father's house? They want to say, who, who are now? Then we all run away. But today, I say, here I am. Send me. I am waiting for them to call me. Yeah. If as I'm here, right now, I get a call. That Bishop is calling me. I'll stop it. I'll drop the microphone. Instant. Easy. That's my father. Amen. He's in God's stead. He said, my Samuel, my son. And he answered, here am I. So, ladies and gentlemen, Hophni and Phinehas were there. Church members who had long-standing resumes. But they could not attain to the anointing. Because they were not spiritual sons. They could not receive spiritually from their father. From today, I pray that you will change in the name of Jesus. And a son is forever. A son is forever. Longevity is a blessing. But you see, when I say a son is forever, don't also be deceived. Because you can be sitting here for years. Age is not necessarily a sign of maturity. Not necessarily. Usually is. And it's not a sign of fruitfulness. You see, birthright does not mean blessing. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27, and God made man in his image. In his image created he, male and female created he them. You get the point. And then the next verse, and he blessed them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. When we see fruitfulness, we are seeing a blessing, not a birthright. A birthright means nothing. Hophni and Phinehas had the birthright. They were the people in the rightful place to qualify for the blessing. But just like Esau had the birthright but didn't cherish it, Jacob came from behind. He got the blessing. So I'm talking about the blessing. Don't be overly, whatever, entrenched in birthrights. It only tells you what you can potentially have. Go for the blessing. Many have had this birthright, have not converted into a blessing. Don't be an Esau who despise spiritual things. It's called Bebelos. These are spiritual things I'm telling you. Mr. Lay Cleaner, Mr. Lay Singer, Madam Lay Pregnant Woman. (laughs) It's true. Amen. So the blessing is reflected in fruitfulness. So Lord, your longevity, if it is without fruitfulness, don't even rank it. Don't even rank it. In Psalm 92, eh, verse 16, watch this. In fact, verse 13, 92, verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. The word is planted. Planted, oh, watch this. When there's a plant, there are two, and then look, the next verse, verse 14. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Longevity has no use unless it is characterized by the bearing of fruit and flourishing while you are there. If you are not. Look, I went to Bishop's office and I saw a beautiful tree. Beautiful tree. Beautiful tree. Sitting there green. But I looked for fruits. There were no fruits on top. 
and it has been there since the, the church was brought. Then someone said, check the roots. The roots are sitting on concrete. It is going nowhere. Knowing nowhere. And I can assure you, we can plant a new tree here. In a year or two, it will bear fruit. That tree will still be standing there. Just organizing, I was here before you, I was here before you, I'm here before you, I was here before you, I was here before you, but no fruits. Bishop, I tell you, I got revelation in your office. I knew the anointing. That's why I came. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I receive it. Clap for the Lord Jesus. Mantles I'm getting here, you have no idea. Listen, and then I saw that it is not just your longevity, but whether you are rooted and fruiting. I'll say it again. Are you rooted? If you are not rooted, you will not fruit. I'll say it again. If you are not rooted, some of you are here, but you are not rooted. You are not deeply into the anointing, into the fatherhood that we have here, into the father that God has given. You are not deeply rooted. They that be planted, look at someone, it will tell you, planted by the rivers of, you will, ne- you will always bear fruit in your season. Your leaves will not wither. And whatever you do shall prosper. So ladies and gentlemen, if we are here, let's dig deep. Let's become deep in the church, deep in the teachings, deep in the makane, deep in the camps, deep in the anointing, deep in everything. Macarius, deep. Many of you don't have Macarius. Any of you don't have it. You are not deep. So you can be here for years and be deceived. Where are the fruits? And if there are no fruits, check the roots. I would rather even say, don't look for the fruits because they are not there. And even if they are there, they could be more. Go deep. They that be planted, not just sitting there like the tree that is in the office. No roots. Dig deep. Dig deep. I am deep into faith and listening and hearing and believing into the anointing that God has placed upon Bishop Daggyward Mills. Listen carefully. Let me tell you, it is God who called um, Noah. Bible says, Noah found grace in the sight of God. Noah chapter 3 verse 6. I mean, chapter 6 verse 8. Is that right? Noah chapter 6. No, sorry. Genesis chapter 6 verse (laughs) 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But you see, Ham, maybe we should even go to honoring fathers. That's the next, a true son honors a father. A true son. This, this thing, this grace was on Moses. I mean, it was on Noah. But when Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they finally got saved by the Noah's ark with their spouses. When Noah actually finally came out, he had not drink, drank anything for a long time. He planted a vineyard and then he drank of the wine that came. If you haven't drank for a long time and you, this is tasting really good, you would think like in Seifu, you know, you know, palm wine. When you drink the sweet wine, you think it won't get you drunk. It would get you drunk when you drink a lot. And this was fresh wine. He drank. He got drunk. And Ham dishonored him. He exposed his nakedness. 
Listen, ladies and gentlemen, it's an important thing to honor a father. I'm talking about the ways that you can actually get the inheritance from a father. Number one is resemble, seek to resemble and take after his spiritual, covet after him spiritually. Number two is try to be forever. Try to stay no matter what, no matter what happens, just be there. I'm here. I am here. It is when you are there for a long time that things like wills and things are spoken in your name. And number three is a a good son, a true son, honors the father. And I'm talking about it now. Noah found grace. But when Shem, Ham, and Japheth, they came, they had forgotten that it is they were an extension. What grace they were enjoying was the father's grace. They had no grace. They did not find grace in the sight of God. But the grace upon Noah was what they were sharing. Philippians chapter 1, verse 7. The last verse says, you are partakers of my grace. Paul was telling the people of Philippines that you are partakers. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a grace upon this church that you need to be a partaker of. The grace, part of the grace is in the anointing. Yeah. Yeah. He said, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart. In as much as both in bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you are partakers of my grace. Yeah. Everything that is in this church is yours. The church has buildings. The church has prosperity. The church, look, everything, when I see, don't just, apart from the anointing, there are other things. They are good. When I see the good marriage that our bishop has and the pastors have, and I look at the good children, my parents never held hands. But when I see the romanticisms that go on, the way we talk about beloved, the way children are happy, marrying each other, I said, this is what I want. That's how you get. You admire the things, the grace of God upon the man of God. Admire, lavish, I mean... Well, in fact, recently I saw that Bishop died. When he started growing gray hair, the gray hairs were on this side, on this side. I just prayed to God, let my gray hair come on this side. I mean, you may say it's nothing, but you see, it's just an admiration of something. And when I saw the way they related, husband and wife, when I saw the children, I said, ah, I saw they were holding hands. You, 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 you didn't see them when we were in Collegono. But they will sit together, they will relate. One is counseling here. I prayed for that thing. That grace has come upon me. Today I am preaching and my wife just arrives and actually sings and actually is happy to see me. It's all part of the grace. Yeah, that my children are happy to serve with me. My son was craving to come with me. I look at all those things. These are graces. That there are so many properties over here. Begin to tell yourself, I'll also build. I told myself that thing and I have built by the grace of God. I told myself I will also not owe and begin to walk in that grace. The grace is for us. The grace is for There's a scripture in Zechariah chapter 12, I believe verse 10. He said, and, and I will pour the spirit of, I think, grace and supplication upon the household of David. There is a spirit of grace that is poured upon households and you must receive your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a grace on this house. What is there? What other graces are there? 
Yeah, what other graces are there? Children that are ministering. My children are now shepherds. They are now pastors of little groups by the grace of God. I thank God because I am in America and I've seen American children. Let me tell you a story. For some of you who don't admire the grace upon this house, my cousin, older cousin, who I usually would call an aunt because she took care of me when I was a child. My wife knows her. She took care of me. Whenever I needed, I, I, I came on vacation. I'll go and clean the house, the bathroom thoroughly. I mean, I, it was, I was just going to do a job because I knew that they'll give me something by the time I'm going to school. I would do it. And when I'm going, I just pass by the husband's shop. My sister would give me something, give me some provisions, and I pass by the husband's shop as if I don't know. Oh, I'm going today. You top up, give me some hundred CD notes. I always remember. And I'll go home with it. Go to school. My chop box will be filled. I really, every time, because my parents didn't have much. So she took care of me. Now, when I grew up and I went to America, my little sister came and joined us. And she was taking care of our children. And our children actually were, you know, my wife was traveling a lot and I was a physician, so we needed help. So she helped me. And finally, when the children grew up, she also got married. And at her wedding, my little sister's wedding, my mother came, my siblings came, and this, my aunt of a sister, as a cousin, came. Came. The little children were in, the, in her part of the household. There was a lot of chaos. The children were not doing well. They would go, some people would get pregnant, all kinds of things. Nobody would go to school, to college, and all that. Nobody would go to college. And they lived with us, very brilliant. But they went to their mother, and their mother would say, no. You become a typist like me. So none of them has really gone to university. None of them. Brilliant people. Brilliant people. And they had children and she was married. And they were going to Anglican church and she was always battling with the husband because they don't even go. All kinds of things. Well, they came and visited us. They were there for two to three weeks after the wedding. And then, finally, they were going. Then she arrived and to, I think she told you or she told me. She told us. What did she say? She said that when she comes back to Ghana, she's going to join Lighthouse. Huh. Do you know why? She looked in my face. <laughs> she said, my brother, you and I were in the same house. Both my, your father and your mother took care of She was living with us. So my parents took care of both of us. We all went to school together, raised together. We did our homework. We all academically very good. Everything. It's a control. He said, I've seen you. I've seen you. The only, a same background, same finances. I was even having more money before you. But the only thing that's different is I went to a different church from you. Yeah. She told, she was discerning. She had lived with that for three years. She said, look at you and your wife. Look at your children. Look at your life. Look at the way their children pray. Their children are very honorable. Your children are very respectful. In America, he said, there's something far more than America. That's the only difference. I've been coming to America. I'm going to even uh, 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 all other places. So it's not where I travel. It's the lighthouse. And it's this Bishop Doug that you seem to be under his cover. And she told me, there's something, the grace, the word was not grace, said there's something on this lighthouse that is making you different from me. And she told me, when I go back to Ghana, I will not even spend one day 
in Anglican, I'm going straight to Lighthouse. And whatever is in Lighthouse, I will also have it. She threatened me with that threat. And I'm joining your church. That's the only difference. And I'm going to make up for that difference. Ladies and gentlemen, she came down to, to Ghana. She went to Takradi. Did a very big fight with her husband. And told her husband, I'm going to Lighthouse. He fought her way. Took all the children. I say to the glory of God that as I speak, one of his children is a doctor. One of them is married to a pastor, has children, and the grace of God, she is a treasurer and she is a daughter. I mean, very well known. She has built a house, taken on the grace. She doesn't owe anybody. Her children are also preaching and they are so grateful when they see me. They call me Rev. They heard that I was coming to Takradi. He told people, my sister who looked at me, said, Chairman is coming. Chairman one is coming. I need to be there. I need to be there. Even the cousins around, they have also seen one of them, seen that he also has joined Lighthouse. You should see their lives. There is a grace. May you be a partaker of this grace. Perhaps you haven't seen. Let people, you are in the world. You can also build. You can also have good marriages, proper children. All these are graces in the house may you be partakers of this grace wow may you be partakers of this grace yeah. may you be partakers of he made me see that there are certain things that are here that we are all not converted she took a decision and rolled in the decision hey she's deeper although she's a late comer than many of us who are 35 years in the church speed and depth yeah bible says malachi chapter 1 verse says a son honors a father and a servant is master if i be a father where is my honor where's my honor you some of you when it's galatians 6 and we come you just throw something in just throw something you're struggling with it you don't sow into something you'll not reap that Galatians 6, 6, don't be deceived. It was not about money. It was about spiritual inheritance. If you like, read it. Galatians 6, 6 right now. Please read it. Let me show you something over there. Don't be deceived. Galatians 6, 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Now, next. Next. Next verse. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Then... He explains in verse 8. For he that soweth in the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life. The life in this church. The life. The Zoe. The God kind of life. You read the life everlasting. It's not everlasting life as in when you die you go to heaven. It is honorable to sow to lives. Any of you don't sow, you look at this. What is this? What is this? What is this? Me? You have no idea. I will sow. And nothing honorably. You see, honor is not what you give because of what somebody needs. What you give because it, you feel the obligation and rightly so. That's why the tithe in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your substance. Those of you who do loto with tithe, that's why you are not blessed. You bring it in honor of the Lord. I am on, that's why I told you how to do the tithe. I said, take the money, select 
the best ones out first and let it be 10%. Put it that way. Abel. Abel taught us that. The firstlings and the fat. You put it aside before you do anything and see your life change. Yeah. I sow. I definitely do that. I am a lay like you. I've been a lay cleaner, lay whatever it is. Today, I'm telling you, be a true son. A son honors the father. Oh, a son honors the father. Hallelujah. You know, there's not enough time to do it all. Let me do one more. Okay. A son, maybe I should combine them. Okay, we will. We will. We will. Thank you, Jesus. A son believes in the father. A son believes in the father. A true son. They believe. Do you know that? In fact, let me, even about the honor. You see, sometimes when you're honoring, see, let's look at John chapter 8 verse 49. John chapter 8 verse 49. Jesus said, I have not a devil, but I honor my father. And you do dishonor me. You know, sometimes when we honor like bishop or our pastor, even in North America, when we honor many churches, ask, how are you doing this? Are you worshiping the man? You see? This, are you worshiping the man? It's almost like saying you have a devil. You are, you are a, 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 an, a, 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 an idolater. Idol worshiper. Because human being is an idol. Yeah. And so Jesus said, I, you see, I, I don't have a devil. I just honor my father. And you call me a devil. You call me a devil. But I am not. You dishonor me. And verse 50, what does it say? Verse 50. I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. You see, so when I am bringing, you see me and I'm bringing a lot of money to honor. Or I, we, are, we, are, we all want to shed my daddy, my hero. What do you think? And many of you think that way. Oh, you see, there they go again. They have a demon. There's a cult and things like Listen, what is making people call us a cult is the family spirit. It's the family spirit. It's the family spirit. Yeah. You know, the things, if son is forever, we don't want to leave our church. We like our church. We like our family. We like our family. Even if there's a problem, we like it. We are inside. That is what people call cult. But it's the family spirit. Why should I come and wash my children's dirty clothing before, in front of you? Why should I? Why should I come and say bad things about my wife? Over for, for you. Why should I not boast about the way that I love my wife? Let me say, one time somebody told me, I, I, I went to my home, my, my family people. They said, ah, every time I'm walking with my wife, I come and visit, my wife is there. I am traveling, my wife is there. I come, I talk, my wife comes and he also calling and says, ah. And then they said he has put, he's from, my wife is from water, water region, partly. They said he has put some, what's that? Bedianko. <laughs> some, some concoction inside my my food and my drink that is the reason i love it like that you know so i heard about this and i went to the view i said listen <laughs> is this what you said please tell that person 
that wherever, whatever they know that my wife has put in my drink or my food, please, this time when they find it, they should bring that thing to me. I don't want to mix in a drink. I want to drink it raw. <laughs> yeah, I want to drink it raw. Because if it's good like that, that will make me stick to one woman instead of, look, my father had three children. When he was, he's very powerful. He had married. Traditional marriage had many wives. And he was able to give birth to three girls in June 1976. All of them, two, three different women. That's the kind of genes I carry in my central region. And if some concussion will keep me married to one woman and will follow one woman, I want to drink more. More. It's the UD concoction. If indeed honoring my pastor is means I am occulted, then there is there a better, a super superlative for occultic. Give me, I want that thing. I will do it any day. You do not bring it more because it's working on me too much. I mean, that juju is making me so blessed. Though. When I honor, I get blessed. 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 So me, I want to honor more. I'm sorry, but <laughs> next time, call me Juju. Even a court is too small. Oh, court, dog master. I mean, even a, call me a pig master. Pig, I'm a pig. I don't like it. I don't mind. It's been a blessing. How many churches, if you are going, you would find yourself the whole day Saturday under an anointing like this, going home with a blessing like this, transformed like this, under a canopy of grace and supplication like this. How many churches... The way you are, no. With your past, no. Your pride, no. If it wasn't for a church like this, how would you survive? And you see, it is because, you see, Eli, he didn't bring their children under constraint. And look at what happened to them. You know, when you see a father that God approves, let me show you the signs before I tell you the last thing. Genesis chapter 18, verse 18 and 19. Yeah. The Bible says that of Abraham, I'm talking about the fatherhood that God actually endorses. He said, knowing, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Knowing this, that say, Bishop Dag is going to be a mighty nation, or any father who God is going to make a mighty father like John Wesley. Knowing that, look at how that characteristics of a father God uses a father that God speaks to, a father that knowing that Abraham shall be great and shall be blessed and all the nations, we are going to go to multiple nations, all the nations, what kind of father? Uh-huh. Look at the next verse. For I know him, I know him that he will command, the word is command, the thing that Eli didn't do to Hophni and Phinehas. He will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord. And to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken concerning him. Do you know what that means? I know him that he will command his children to follow him. A man of God who becomes a pastor as a medical student. He commands other people who are doctors like him as a medical student. Bishop Ogo was pastoring a heavy church as a medical student. We all followed and did that. He commanded his children after him that they should do, come after me. As follow me as I follow Christ. A father who 
can set an example for his children to follow and to command them. Command is a strong word. To follow. People don't like it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie. Makes you. One day I told a nurse, I told a doctor, or the doctor wanted something, and I said, oh, I'll make this nurse bring to you. And the nurse heard it and walked up to me. Doctor, doctor, never say that thing again. I said, what did I say? He said, you told doctor so, so, and so that you make me bring that patient. You will not make me, you will ask me. I said, yes, ma'am. She wasn't long in that place. We fired her. Yeah, we can't make her do anything. Makes me. A father who makes you is a real father. And that word, and I know Abraham. Do you know that word? No. It comes from the word which often is used for praise called yada. Hebrew word, yada. I yada him. It means I openly endorse this kind of fathering. Yeah. You know, praise is open adoration. I openly endorse. I, 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 I sign. I am aware. I acknowledge that. I like that kind of thing. I loudly proclaim it as okay. This is the kind of father God proclaims. So he said, I yada this kind of fathering that he will command his children. Children should not be given suggestions, should be given commands. Otherwise, they kill themselves. That's what it is. After him, in the ways of the Lord, I've not seen it. I've been to church before I came here. Nobody has made me follow him in the ways of the Lord, the way Bishop Dad has done. And this same spirit, which is on Bishop Ogo, is what has brought you guys here. Look at you. We're preaching. You're even standing. You're not even sleeping. Nobody's sleeping. I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I'm surprised. You know, you, you like it. They've kept you all this while and you are happy. You are not even rebelling into it. You have been trained well. I told him you've trained your people very well. I command. I command. Yeah. That's a good father. That is what has... Look, we had a lot of mentors greater than Bishop Ogo and Sister Ariel and things. Who were in medical school? They were the CMF president. Bishop Ogo was not a president. Sister Ariel was not made president. They were the president. None of them is a pastor. None of them is a pastor. But all of us have become, even bad boys like me, have become pastors. Look at us. And the people that, it's, the difference is a lack of a certain kind of father. That's what it is. That's what is lacking. And you are blessed to have that kind of father. And God will bring you an inheritance. Should I show you the opposite? Should I show you the opposite? First Kings chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. Message Bible. You'll be shocked. A man that you appreciate and you revere and you would like to be. But he had a very bad, was very terrible when it came to fathering. Look, let me read it. At this time, Adonijah, whose mother was Ajit, puffed himself up saying, I'm next king. I'm talking about David, the man after God's heart. He was not the greatest father. He made, Adonijah, his son, made quite a splash with chariots and riders and 50 men to run after him. And look at what happened. Verse 6. His father had spoiled him rotten as a child. Never once rebuking or reprimanding him. Is that the father you want? You'll be spoiled rotten. My children in America, but I spank them. We spank them well, well, and we show them the scripture. Proverbs twenty-two, fifteen. 15. Uh, foolishness is bound to the, is that a scripture? It's bound to the heart of a child. And the rod of correction will send it far from him. We spank them well, well. 
Cry. Foolishness, foolishness. Use the King James. And one day they wrote an essay in school. And America, when they hear that Hispanic, they can put you in prison. He wrote an essay about my mother. He said, I like my mother and my father before because when I, am, I behave foolishly, they spank me so that the foolishness will go away. Hallelujah. Yeah. And one day I was praying. I like to pray for them to see intentionally. Sometimes open my door. It's not to display, but for them to see that their father is a doctor. So they can easily think that all I have is because of medicine. But I make them realize that it's a God who is important for me. And when they see me kneeling down, so I kneel down always. Uh And they don't call me in the morning. When they come and see, then they just close the door and they go. I want them to see that the father they call great has a greater God. Yeah. They lead them in the ways of the Lord. So one day I was there in the living room. And I was bare-chested, and I was praying, and I fell asleep. When I woke up, my son was pacing up and down. He was standing and looking at my back. I was wondering what it was that he was looking. He stayed there for a while. He thought I was asleep. Then he walked away. Then I got up. When I got up, I was continuing sleeping. You know how you wake up and you continue the prayer? And he came, said, Daddy, 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 what is this at your back? And I said, I didn't forget it. It was a scar there. He said, how did it come? So my father spanked me. And he left a scar. He was quiet. Then he went back. He came right back to me. Daddy, 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 daddy. I know why you are a doctor and a pastor. I said, why? Because the foolishness came out of fear. (laughs) Wow! Foolishness is bound to the heart of a child. And the rod of correction will send send it far from him. He told me, the foolishness came out of you from here. That's why you became a doctor and a pastor. In other words, this was the exit for the, for the foolishness. They understand. They understand because of the scriptures. That's a father who commands a commanding father. Bishop Dad, he will rebuke you. He will correct you. You yourself will know that you've been rebuked. And I know Bishop, or God does the same thing. This is the kind of father you want. You should celebrate this father. You should fight for this father. You should honor such a father. You should actually celebrate that we have a strong leader like that. That is what these boys don't like. Foolishness parading as confidence. Yeah. Because when they give them the rod of correction, they don't want it. So they run away. Instead of letting the foolishness run for them to stay, they run with their foolishness. What a mistake. That's what has happened. May you never be such a fool. To even join them and join their foolishness. But rather, learn to be like this. You know, time is not on our side. But I want to tell you one more thing. A true son, a true son, desires to become a beloved to his father. A beloved son to his father. Yeah. A true son wants to become a beloved to his father. Jesus Bible says in John, I think it's Matthew chapter 3 verse 17, one of them. He said, when John the Baptist was actually baptizing him, the heavens opened and the spirit descended upon him like a dove. And he said, lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus was a beloved son. Beloved son. And also was this guy called Timothy 
in uh, Philipp- I, mean, I think it's Philippians chapter 2 from verse 19. Let's read it. You know, Paul told the, 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 the people in Philippi that shortly I will send. He said, but I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy shortly unto you. And also I may be of good comfort when I know of your state. Then then verse 20, he said, for I have no man like-minded who would naturally care for your state. A son resembles a father who would like your thinking the same. But all men seek their own. Next verse. And not the things which are of Jesus Christ. But, the next verse, verse 22. You know the proof of him, that's Timothy, that as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. As a son with a father. Hallelujah. Then the next verse says what? Uh-huh. Now, go to verse 18. So, Timothy was also a beloved son. You see that? For the same cause we do joy. No, no. I mean, there's a place that he said, beloved son, as a son with a father. But Timothy was a beloved son. Even in the book of Corinthians, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14, he said, I do not speak this to your shame, but as beloved sons, I speak to you uh, to warn you, you know, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. A son must be beloved enough to be warned, to be commanded, to be rebuked, to be even punished. To be even punished. But you do, I promise that I'll tell you about the common curse. But ladies and gentlemen, this is not the kind of father that people like. A father who's strong and commands. Usually, the children don't like him. But you see, whenever you have a father that you don't honor, that you don't love, that you don't cherish, a curse comes to you. You realize that your heart gradually draws away from the father. Some of you are in the church, but you don't like the fathering in the church. Some of you are in your home, but you don't like. You are dishonoring parents spiritually and biologically. Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6. Bible says, even New Testament, uh, New, New Living. He says, I will send you the spirit of Elijah before the dreadful, the dreadful day. I was, I'm sending you, prophet Elijah, before that great, this is King James, New Living. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Before the dreadful day arrives. Then the next verse. The next verse. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I'll come and strike the land with a curse. Today, I want to tell you, I came. All that I preached is to break the curse on your life. In the name of Jesus. Because it's a common curse among children relating to their fathers. Many children don't like their fathers or mothers. He said, when the spirit of Elijah is upon a man of God, his preaching causes restoration of fathers to children, children's hearts to fathers. I pray that whoever you are, your heart will change. Listen, honoring fathers is an important thing. This curse is common because everybody has a mother, everybody has a father. And many of us have walked in that curse. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment which promise, that it may be well with you, that you may live long on this earth. Do you know the reason why you don't live long? When you dishonor a father, do you know the reason why you don't do well? Because that word father is the word Abba. And do you know what the meaning is? Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 through. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. And watch this. Watch this. Next verse, verse 15. 
And watch this, there's 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That word, Abba, Father, is the word source and sustenance. Your father is your source and your sustenance. He gave birth to you. He caused you to appear from nowhere. And he sustained you. It's a word. That Abba, go and check it in the Greek. It's source and sustenance. Abba is source and sustenance. Therefore, you realize that whenever it is um, you, 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 you dishonor a father or a mother, what you have done is you have put a question on your very source or your existence. That's why you die early. Yeah. The father who gave birth to you biologically, spiritually, or even in law. Without my father-in-law, I would not be a, 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 a husband. My existence as a husband is born on the fathering influence of my wife's father on her. So I must honor my fathers, my father-in-law, my biological father, my spiritual father. Yeah, I'm telling you, you must honor Bishop Dad. You must honor your biological father. And some of you have access. So Abba is source. You know, some, oh, he didn't take care of me. After all, he didn't do. Nonsense. Whose genes are you carrying? Whose color are you carrying? Even your ability to say he didn't take care of me. How did you know? Oh, it's my uncle who took care of me. If it was not your father's relationship with, with his brother, that uncle would not have taken care of you. So even that relationship is based on the existence of that father. Stop that nonsense. Yeah. It's a nonsense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is why people die early. Because they put a question on their existence. Some of you, that's how you are. You are that, that to your parents. Your source is in question. Your source, your very, your existence is now, a question is on it. It's just a matter of time. Say, God forbid. You're afraid to say it. And then, your source and sustenance, what sustains you? What sustains you? A father takes care of you. So even if they didn't take care of you, it's just one part. They brought you forth in the ministry. These people that are going, they say, we don't know anything. He's not this, he's not this. I see. Today, there's no anointing. Even if there are no anointing. When anointing was there, nonsense. When anointing was there, that's what made you become who you are. Your ministry life is in question. It's true. And then your sustenance. Everything that you have. One time I called a son to a, of a father. I wish I had that. Maybe, Brad, Ryan Kobe, I see your son. Come, come. You come, 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 come. Come. Listen. This is, this is what happens eh? when you dishonor a father. Your source is in question and your sustenance. What sustains you? Look at this. Look at this. Watch this. Eh? Do you work? How did you get these shoes? Carry it out. Take it off. Take it off. You see you. Everything he is. Everything he thinks he has. Sustenance. You see that? Have you worked? Did you buy this? You are not wearing a singlet. Take it off. Take it off.
Come, carry it away. Carry it, take it. What is here? Whose phone is this? Listen, is this my phone? Did you buy it yourself? Who bought it? Sustenance. Give it away. That's why you don't do well. Oh. That's why you don't do well. Everything that is sustaining you came from the Father. Even when you came out and you cried, somebody had to carry you. Somebody had to take you to the hospital. Even the language you speak, your very accent, it comes from the Father. There are some people who walked away. When they walked away, they just forgot that they haven't created any grace. They started taking the grace of Lighthouse. And when somebody says, ah, but I thought we'd broken out from Lighthouse. I said, ah, but this grace is from there. They said, don't worry, next week we'll change it. They couldn't change it. Look at that. Do you have any money in your pocket? Give me your wallet. Is it yours? Is ma- it's yours. The money inside is yours. Who gave it to you? You worked for it. Your father, collect it. Like Everything. You like the trousers too? Okay, we're again. The socks, give it away. Without your father, you are nothing. No. Okay, the pants. You see, the whole world is begging for you. You are nothing. You were dead thinking you are something. Everything. Even your hair. We can ruffle it. The money to cut your hair from him. And you won't eat again. Your sauce and your sauce. That's why people don't do well. When you dishonor parents. You don't live long. And you don't do well. Look at that. That's why when the son came home. What the father did. Was put some new clothes on him. Bring. Put some new clothes on him. The father knew that that man wouldn't survive. So he started restoring. You wouldn't do well. Now you are beginning to do well. New clothes on him. Amen. That's restoration. And he gave him new shoes. Footwear to put on. New shoes. And he gave him a new ring to put on his finger. Give him some ring if it's possible. New, you see, the new ring, the phone is the ring. He ring, the ring. Gave him new ring, new. It, it means restoration. You are now, you see, the cloth is covering. The footwear is now speed. You can do well again. You can do well again. The ring is inheritance. Now, what I have, I can share with you. Now, the ring. Now, the party. You paid for everything. Now, we can celebrate you again. It's a new outdooring. You have now been born. This is your time. That's restoration. That was the wisdom of the prodigal son. And the father hugged him. And kissed him. That's restoration. He's alive again. He was dead, but he's alive. He was lost, but he's found. I don't know who you are. But the thing that scares me is the amazing scripture in Mark 7 from verse 10 to 13. That God himself spoke and said that people that make, me, make excuses when they are supposed to honor fathers. They have excuses. They even use God as an excuse. He said, for Moses said, honor thy father and thy mother. And whosoever curses father or mother, let him die the death. Then the next verse. 
But if you say, if a man shall say to his father, it is Corban. That is to say, a gift. Give me a new living translation. By whatsoever might. Is it, but you say, it is alright for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give God what I would have given you. God said, you have no excuse. Even if the excuse is God himself. God will not give you a pass. He said, you can use any excuse. Even if the excuse, the reason you dishonor God. You say, God has called me to destroy my father. That's Corban. Even if God is your excuse. Why you to dishonor your father. To help your father. To help, God says, even that one is not acceptable. When God says, me, myself, I'm not an excuse. Do what you need to do to parents to honor them. That must tell you something. Yeah. And he said, verse 12, that in this way, you let them disregard their needy parents or the needs of their parents. And verse 13, and many and so you cancel the word of God in order to hang down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many things that you do. Ladies and gentlemen, Many of you have walked in curses. Even some of these things that are going on, that we've consented in ways we've spoken funny things. And some of our parents, indeed, are very pained and hurt by the things you do. You know, Esau was like that. Esau brought pain to his father, to his mother. In Genesis 26, the last verse, Bible says Esau went to marry some two girls who were unbelievers, Hittites, Bashimat and another girl. And they were a grief, the last verse, a grief to their parents, to the parents. They were a grief, the last verse. Genesis chapter 26 and the last verse. They were a grief to the hearts, to Isaac. And they, the last verse. And went, which were a grief of mine unto Isaac, the people, you know, their, their souls were grieved. So you realize that when it was time for Isaac to bless Esau, he couldn't bless him. He said, go and cook for me. Verse 4, Genesis 28, verse 4. Is it 27, verse 4, 28, verse 4? He said, go, 27, verse 4, and bring, make, 27, verse 4, peep, quick, quick, we don't have time. And make me savory meat, such as I love, and bring it to me, that I may eat, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Ladies and gentlemen, blessings of parents does not come from the mouth. It comes from the soul. And when your father wants to bless you and the next, the only thing is you have to bring him food to eat, to feel happy. It's like somebody says, I, when I drink, then I can do these evil things. He had to really change. It means the father doesn't have a good feeling about you. That my inside is not happy with you. I can't bless you unless I eat the thing I like and based on the food, maybe I can bless you. But by my natural feeling inside, I can't bless you. I think one of my bishop friends, he may actually be here in this church. He told a story in one of his preaching that touched me concerning this. He said, whenever he goes to his mother, his mother would shower blessings. Oh, Kwesi, may God bless you. May God honor you. May God really lift you up. Everything you do, may do well. And one of the brothers in the house got jealous and went to the mother and told the mother, mother, every time my big brother comes or my brother comes, you are always showering blessings. You've never said a word of blessing on my life. What about me? And the mother rose up 
shook herself and said, Quesata, don't let me speak because my inside is not happy with you. Do you know what your brother does for me that I'm always pouring blessings upon him? Don't even start me because when I speak and I speak from my inside, something bad will happen. The things I will say, you will not survive. And he told her, told him, do you think blessing comes from the mouth? Blessing comes from the inside. And my inside is not happy with you. My inside is not happy with you. Ladies and gentlemen, save, but that my soul may bless you. Sometimes when I'm laying hands of my church members, I know this is just a touch. It's just like a patient that I'm pinching. But there are others. Even when my hand goes on, I can't stop. I can't stop. It's from the rivers of my belly pouring. Pouring. I remember, my sisters still remember the prayers that Bishop prayed upon us when we got married, my wife and I. And that my father-in-law prayed. They all remember. They said the prayers came from inside. Ladies and gentlemen, give me what it takes that my soul may bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's honor these parents and build something on the inside. What is your father's inside saying about you? The way you've treated your father, the way you've treated your pastor, the way you've treated your mother. Is there a curse on you? Is there? Could it be? Could it be that the inside is cursing you and now you have to go and cook? Ah, before. And he said it four times in this chapter. That his soul may bless you. That my soul may bless you. And he told when Esau finally came. After Jacob had got the blessing. He said look your brother has come. And I blessed him. I ate. And my soul. He said my soul has blessed him. And he shall be blessed. He shall be blessed. He shall be blessed. And Esau cried. Bible says he sought repentance even with tears. But it was too late. Today. Don't leave this place with a curse. I don't know what, how your parents feel on the inside. I don't know how your spiritual fathers and pastors feel on the inside. Some of these things. One person said that one of these people who had misbehaved actually called him to give him some money. To, for I don't know whether for the lawsuit or whatever it is. These foolish boys. And the guy said, I told them that the father's inside is not happy with you. You are set up for a curse. If I give you money, that curse will go about a roundabout way and affect me. Because when sinners entice you, consent thou not. Even a consent about sinners, you didn't sin, you just consented to their sin. You are in for the curse. That guy was smart. Said, I will never sponsor or invest even a conversation of approval or consent or financial contribution Lest the curse turns around and involves me. Because he told them the inside of the father is churning. He's not happy with you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a scary thing. And it's a common curse. Some of you should be crying. Yeah. Me. Final story. I was there when my father was my, the outdoing of my son. And my father came to my house. At that time, I just become a doctor. My wife had just become a doctor too. And I was paying, being paid as a house officer or something. And every time I, I get my money, I give my father some money. I thought it was okay. Until my father came one day. First of all, my father asked me to name my first child after him. I said, no. I said, no. 
I said, no. He said, why? My sisters were asking me why. I said, because the way my father has married multiple children. And by the way, it's not my place. I made way. You will see why I was foolish in saying that. I don't want my children to also become polygamists. But it was traditional marriage. My little sister called me and said, brother, if children will become funny, it's because of you, you brought them up. Your father has brought you up this way. Even if he's maybe a bad husband, he was not a bad father to you. Let our mother deal with her issues and you be a child and appreciate what your father has done for you and honor him. I tell you, it went inside of me and added to a message I heard from Bishop about honoring fathers. I said, that's it. I'm naming my child after him. My wife and I decided and I told my father, he became happy. I thought that was the only offense until the outdooring when they had all gone, we're all happy. My father went away. And then the following morning, my wife gave me an envelope. He said, your father was leaving yesterday and said, I should give this envelope to my husband, to you. And that I should not, she, she should not give it to me until the following day. So in the morning, she gave it to me. When she gave it to me, I saw a fat envelope, a lot of money in it. I said, oh, what a father. What a father. He has sponsored my outdooring. I said, glory to God for good fathers. Maybe because I named my son after him. Then I took the money and the letter dropped. Ladies and gentlemen, in the letter, my father spoke. He said, this money is all the money you've given me since you started working. I don't want to take it. I will not have it. He said, is that how to take care of a father? You call yourself a pastor. You call yourself a Christian. Is that how to take care of a father? I've taken care of you all these years. He referred me to a letter that I wrote from school. That I have no money. I know that you're taking care of a lot of children. But I know you can't bring water out of a stone. But whatever you can give. And he told me that day he cried. And he sold his machine. And the money I received was from my machine and a cloth. That he sold for me. Just so that I finished my medical school. And now I am in school and look at the way I behave. And he added, look at your sister. He's not even a doctor. Look at how much she gives me in a month. Is that, I don't want your money. God will take care of me. His inside was not happy. Foolishly and proudly, I told myself in anger, I have better things for the money. I told my wife, take some, let me take some. My wife says, I will not receive this money. She just took the whole envelope, put it aside. And the following morning, after serving me breakfast in bed, she called my attention. My dear husband, this money, you can't eat it. You have to go back to your father and beg. And don't say that you don't care. He to, she told me, she said, your father has 11 children. If you don't care, he has 10 more to take care of him. You have only one. You lose him, that's it. And more so, do you remember the messages of honoring parents? Go and beg him. And change his inside in your favor. 
I thought deeply about that thing. So, Friday came and I was on call the following day, I think. So, I decided to take STC from Accra to Cape Coast and go and beg my father. What my father did not know, that was my alibi, was that I was paid less than my sister. And therefore, you know, doctors were not paid much here in Ghana. Therefore, the money I was receiving, I was giving him a quarter. If I was getting a thousand cities, I gave him 250 every month. He didn't know. But my sister's money was more, maybe 500 cities a month. But she got more than me. So I said, I'll go. I took my pay stub to show my father. And I went home. My father was so angry. She, he heard that I had come. He decided not to come home. So I planned with my mother that if he comes home anytime, I'll come. He walked in around 2, 2.30 a.m. I saw him, but I was smart enough not to approach a man whose inside was not happy. If he says something, it is finished. It's finished. So I waited in the morning. And at around 9, 5, 5.30, because I was on call that day, I needed to say to my father what I needed to say so that I can get first STC bus to Accra to come and be on call and take care of the patient. So 5.30, I went, nothing. Then, suddenly, I, that's when I realized this, my father is not asleep. He's tried to intensify his snoring to say that. Then my mother just screamed, yes, come in, intentionally to wake up my father. Then, so I went in. When I went in, then I saw my father sleeping. I said, Dada, Dada. Dada. Then with the third Dada, my mother also kicked my father. Dada. Then she jumped. What is it? What is it? What do you want? (laughs) And I said, Oh, Dada, I had something to tell you. So what? Am I a child to wake me up in the morning at 5.30? I have the power to wake you up at that time, but you don't. Get out of here. If you don't have time and respect, then go. I don't want to hear anything from you. If you don't have time, go. And tears started rolling down my eyes. Then, go. Then my mother was starting to have a little argument. Then I walked out and I closed the door. Then I heard in the room, then my father would say, Kate, Abbasama. Kate, Abbasama. They were crying. Me, I was crying. Eventually, after some 30 minutes, my father walks out with his sponge, toothbrush, spends an hour in the bathroom doing everything, wasting my time, I'm telling you. And then finally walks up from the room after brushing teeth and everything. Wearing this. Yes? Then I knelt down. When the spirit of the ruler rises up against you, leave not your place. For yielding pacifies great offenses. So I said, Dada, I am sorry. I read your letter. And I'm sorry for everything I did wrong in the letter. That's the best way to start. And I said, I will not do that again. I know you're angry with me. But please forgive me. And also, Dada, I want to explain to you that I don't know whether it's not enough, but I brought my paste up. By that time, the apology had calmed him down. 
I want you to look at this, my pay stub, to see whether it's okay what I'm giving you, I should add more. Please look. Hmm? Glasses. And I said, Dada, it is 250. You know, I get a thousand. That's what I give you every month. My father got up, turned his face. This time, the tears were not mine, it was his. Tears started rolling down his eyes. He took me, said, Oh, Mabba, is that how much you are giving me? How? Don't worry. Ladies and gentlemen, you won't believe it. For the first time, my father turned wiped the tears and lifted his hands on my life. Say, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord honor you. I am wrong. You are right. Everything your hand touches to do, let it do well. Let it get well. Ah, Maba, I see. Hey, hey, 250. One more thousand. Oh, so, so. You shouldn't be late at all. He took the bag with me. My bag. He held my hand. My father limps. And he said, he held my bag. Started limping. Let's go. Hey, kids, Maba, put on, he put on we didn't get a taxi, he walked me to the station, transport station talking to me for the first time he held my hand, my father never does that and he had already lifted two hands and blessed me, walked me to the transport station, the transport was about to leave because he owned a nightclub, he was very very popular in town, he told them Quesata, finish a front because he was full, finish a front he puts me by the driver. Ladies and gentlemen, what the devil meant for evil, through humility, God turned it around for my good. My father blessed me and blessed me from my house to the transport station. And I remember the last thing that I saw of my father as I was driving to Accra, Kolebu, to do work, was his two hands. These two hands, I will never forget. He spoke it and spoke it and spoke it. The inside had been changed. May the Lord bring humility that will change the inside of your father. That his soul may bless you. That his soul may bless you. Whether it's a pastoral father or it's a biological father or it's a father-in-law, a father in ministry, whatever father, an uncle type of father who took care of you. Some of you, you're so proud because of little offense. You've forgotten everything else that was done for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord, the two hands that were lifted up, may the inside of that pastor change. That father change concerning you. May that common curse never affect you. If you didn't hear anything, hear the marks of a true son. Admire, honor, covet the grace that's upon this house and be restored. The spirit of Elijah comes with preaching that restores the hearts of the children to the father and the hearts of the father to his children. I pray. Some of you are crying. I see your tears. I see your tears. I wish my father had lived long for him to say, to see what his blessing has become. Amen. Whatever is boiling, 
in the inside of that father, that mother of yours, that spiritual father of yours. May he change. Humility can do all things. Be humble. Some of you need to go right where your parents are, right where your pastors are. Some of you need to make apologies without condition, unconditional, just to be restored, that you may do well, that you may live long in this earth. May that curse never affect you. May God give you the miracle of the failed harvest that whatever you sowed, you will not reap it. Because you may be a pussycat yourself one day. You may be a pussycat yourself one day. I tell you, don't do that to the poor pussycat. No, 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 no. You yourself will be a faster pastor. You'll be a father. You'll be a mother. Be a whatever it is. You'll be an in-law. Remember, those who sow the wind can reap the whirlwind. May it never be you. May those tears be wiped away. May that heartbreak be changed. Bring forth fruit worthy of repentance. And may the Lord restore. May you never reap those fruits because the inside pain, parents don't usually express their pain. You don't see when they are crying. But that what they went through for you, what Bishop Dark has gone through for this church, that today people are making all this nonsense noise. And some of us are still quiet. Even you are wondering, eh, I don't blame them of this and that. May the Lord bless you. Anybody who you are unsure about where you stand concerning this issue, may the Lord heal your heart. May the Lord bring your heart to the Father. None of these people is your Father. No matter how anointed they may have been, none of these. Your real Father is the Moses God gave us. I pray that all these things you've heard will convert and restore your heart. And as an extension, your biological parents, they are all, you're all benefiting because of the anointing on Bishop Dark. That's how I'm even preaching this. Some of you, with this message, you go. And the two hands that blessed me and took me away from the curse will be upon you. Even for those whose parents are dead. I see the Lord putting these two hands upon your life. The same two hands I saw, a double portion, be your portion in the name of the Father and of the Son. And of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. With all eyes closed. Please keep standing. Keep standing. With all eyes closed. All heads bowed. Please. I've spoken. About the restoration of children's hearts to fathers. But the greatest father. Is our heavenly father. Some of you need to restore your relationship with the heavenly father. You may be a shepherd. You may be a pastor. But the relationship is not well. You are not like you used to be. Or you are not even born again. Or you are born again. But the relationship has drifted. Today is a restoration. You are here. You want a restored relationship. Even this COVID, you've backslidden so much. You want your soul to be restored back to God. You want God, the Father, to restore to you. You are here. You want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand. Don't care whoever is standing. on the side. God bless you. God bless you. You want a restoration of relationship with the heavenly father. God bless you. God bless you. There are more hands. There are more hands. You want that relationship with God almighty first. Before even the biology. God bless you. God bless you. I see many hands. God bless you. God bless you. If you are here, I want to pray specially for you. Walk up to the front. Quick. Walk up to the front. Don't care.
care whoever is standing there. Don't care. God wants to give you a new opportunity. Don't care. Walk up to the front. Come now and restore the relationship with God. You are going home as a restored son of God the Father, a restored daughter of God the Father with a new relationship that will flourish. That will flourish. There are at least three of you, three of you still in the congregation. Walk up now. Now, don't go back to that thing. You know that the relationship is not the same. Don't be afraid. Walk up now before you go. There's no bigger curse than the curse that comes because you don't have a relationship with God the Father. Come out now. Come, come forth, come forth, come forth. Clap for them as they come. Clap for them as they come. Clap for them as they come. Many more are coming. Clap for them as they come. 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 In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Beautiful. Now, say this prayer after me quickly. Lift up your hands. Say, Almighty Father, here I am. I love you. Please forgive me for all my sins and wash me in the blood of Jesus Christ. But Father, I'm back. I want the spirit of sonship, spirit of daughtership to come upon me. Please help me to have this relationship permanently forever. Help me, Jesus. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. He died for me and God raised him from the dead. By this faith, I am born again, restored with the father, restored forever. My heart for the father, the heart's father is mine. In Jesus name, please write my name in the book of life and fill me with your sweet Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I don't know what they're supposed to do, but um, I believe that, yeah, there's a gentleman here. Look, we will be with you for a short time. Is that correct? Should they come with you or should they go back? They should come with you. Please go with this gentleman. Clap for the Lord Jesus. It's going to be for a short time, okay? Don't worry. Take up your thing and walk. Walk quickly. They'll put you at the next side. But you listen, listen. Finally. Finally. You are here. Listen. Please, can I have some envelopes, please? Can I have some envelopes, please? And some oil. Oil. And some oil, please, please. You know, I'm going to, some of you, you need to sow. You know, the seed you have sown, that has made the inside of the father or father's feel terrible about you please it's an important seed you know when the bible says that the, there was tear there was seeds were sown and they started growing tears and they said should we remove them he said no don't remove them just keep planting good seeds okay and at the right time the lord himself would deal with the thing that was the lord sometimes when you planted evil seeds Especially as for some of us, we don't know what to do. Our parents are even dead. Okay? And all kinds of things. You don't know. The best thing to do is to sow a seed of honor. And money answereth all things. Okay? I want you to sow a seed, a significant seed. Into this message to remove a curse. I'm telling you honestly. 
you know i was in one place and i preached a message like this and my brother-in-law was in the congregation when i called he brought the biggest offering i didn't understand because he didn't belong to the church it was later he now calls me reverend he used to call me koju he always calls me reverend pastor he even called me sometimes bishop and he told me that that message i preached i didn't know he had a problem with his father today the relationship between him and the father are beautiful he always refers to me to that statement he said i was walking in a curse things were not working well everything was going the negative way and that seed that i sowed and i went to apologize to my father after that and he said his life has taken a u-turn that shall be your story as well clap for the lord jesus and all of you may your heart be healed if you had any connection all the pastors and issues that you've had with pastors and with parents may the lord those two hands father i pray that those two hands will be lifted to everybody here and the blessing that exchanged that took away the curse will be upon them may none of us be an Esau who will miss our blessing in spite of our birthright thank you father in jesus name now if you are here please Father, I pray and I lift this to you. I pray that the oil will not be just oil from here. All the constituents of the holy anointing oil will come together on these envelopes. Your word says because of the ointment or the anointing, the yoke shall be broken as the seed touches these envelopes. May you break every yoke of entanglement and bless your people you are here you want to sow a seed of 1000 ghana cities or 500 ghana cities i want you to walk up to the front and take god bless you father i pray those two hands may they be lifted upon your son as well the blessing of the lord that makes rich and add no sorrow be your portion jesus name god bless you god bless you double god bless there are many there are many like that god bless you may god honor you every curse is broken in jesus name every you want to every curse is broken in the name if you have the money here i want you to put it in here if you can do momo now this is the best time in this atmosphere 500 ghana cities 1000 ghana cities you know yourself there are at least three people here like that there is no amount of money that the curse and it's my brother-in-law told me you have no idea what has changed you are next god bless you my brother may god honor you may those two hands in the realm of the spirit be your portion 500 ghana cities 1000 ghana cities you are here you are here you know yourself don't just tell yourself ah this you see this is the thing that you do and then the curse is a problem hallelujah all right 200 ghana cities that one many people can come 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 200 Ghana cities. God bless you. May God honor you. Super honor comes to you. Blessed be the Lord. Grace comes to you. Supernatural help. Walk up to the front. There are many such people. Walk up to the front. Quick, quick, quick. Walk up to the front. Walk up to the front. Get it. God bless you. God honor you. God honor you. Supernaturally honor you. The blessing of the Lord that makes rich and add no sorrow. Be. Can, uh, Bishop, uh, Bishop Kobe, can you please help me with many more on this side? Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Let's make it quick. Yeah, 
Welcome. Yeah. God bless you. God honor you. May God honor you. Wonderful. May God bless you. Wherever the source is, may you be blessed in Jesus' name. 100 Ghana cities. Everybody must be able to walk up at this time. Everybody. Everybody. And I mean it. God bless you. Enkobi, you can give some on this side. Yeah. Yeah. The anointing is flowing. Because of the anointing, the yoke shall be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. What a blessing. May, the, may God pour the spirit of grace. Grace means undeserved favor and supplication upon you in the name of Jesus. What a blessing. What an honor. Come, 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 come. Walk up to the front. Don't delay. Don't delay. Don't delay. Hurry up. Hurry up. May God give you God's speed in the name of Jesus. God's speed. May the lines fall to you in pleasant places in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Everything that caused bitterness in the heart of any spiritual or biological father may change. And now come, come, walk up and pick it up. Take 50 Ghana cities and walk up. You can pay now, do it now. 50 Ghana cities, quick, quick. 50 Ghana cities, just walk up. Walk up and pick up your envelope. It's anointed. Because of the anointed, the yoke shall be broken. Because of the anointing, the yoke shall be broken. Because of the anointing, for those of you who already have your money and your momo, come and put it in and touch and then you can go now in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't wait till tomorrow. The devil, you see how pride is? You'll be a surprise. He will steal your seed. Come and put it in now in the name of Jesus. You want to give 20 Ghana cities? You want to give 10 Ghana cities? It's your turn. It's your turn. Some of you are crying tears. I can see that. But you know, the Lord will wipe away your tears. The Lord will wipe away your tears. 10 Ghana cities, 20 Ghana cities. Just pick up. Just pick up. Come and put it in now. Your 500, your 1,000, your 200, your 100. You don't need to go home and come when you have it by you now. Just put it in now. Put it in now. Put it in now. Put it in now. And may the Lord bless you. May the Lord honor you. May the Lord lift you up. May those same hands that were seen in the realm of the spirit be your portion as well. In the name of Jesus Christ. What the devil meant for evil, may God turn it around for your good. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord bless you. The Lord honor you. The Lord honor you. Come put your offering inside right now. I know you are saying you have one CD. You have, just give it a boosters. Come and give boosters to the Lord. Apart from the seed, give boosters. Your one CD, your two CDs, your five CDs, your seven, seventy-nine, your seven CDs, your coins. Come, come and put it in as a booster. In an atmosphere like this, you can only be blessed when you sow a seed. When you sow a seed. When you sow a seed. In the morning, sow thy seed. In the evening, withhold not your hand. For you know not which one shall prosper. Whether this or that or them both. In the name of Jesus. Come, come up now. Come up now. You don't need to wait to go home before you bring the man. Just put it in now. It's a seed time. Bible says, so long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall never cease. In the name of Jesus Christ. What a blessing. What a blessing. What an honor. I feel the presence of God. I feel the healing virtue of God. Some of you had some diseases. You didn't even understand. But it's going away now. It's going away now. It's followed you enough. It's enough. What you need. Bible says in Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent forth his word and healed them. And delivered them from their distractions, the things that were supposed to destroy you. Father, thank you. 
I give you praise. I give you glory. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Let's welcome our dear pastor, Bishop Ogo. Thank you so much for such an honor. I really cherish this privilege. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for sharing your pastor with me. Thank you, Bishop. I appreciate it so much. It was a very exciting conference. It was a very great conference till it ceased to be exciting. So I don't find it exciting anymore. <laughs> um, I, I've sought permission from Dr. Lindsay and um, the messages will be put on my podcast session after session
I mean, it's something else. Hmm. I, I want to, um, I don't want you to sit down because we've come to the end. If you sit down, we can enter another session. I have a piece of advice for you. And the advice is that I want to, and also to beg you not to get familiar with this message. When I say familiar, I was there. I heard the message. I want to ask you to listen to this message a minimum of seven times. Minimum of seven times. Um, God will lead you to certain sessions and make sure. So, for those of us who are here, we've heard it once. But when God speaks once, you hear twice. And that word twice is multiples and multiplicity. So when God speaks once, you are not supposed to hear once. God speaks once and you hear twice, thrice. And I want to beg you because there is a problem that comes on people who are in meetings that makes them not catch certain blessings and rather people who are not in the meeting catch the blessings because those who are not in the meeting have a more humble disposition towards the message because they were not there you know you should hear me or you should be with me as i listen to Derek prince's message one message i've been listening to one message for the past two weeks or so it's only 15 minutes. Because I wasn't there in that hotel when he was speaking. So I am more humble than somebody who was there. A lot of the people who sat at his meetings never heard his voice again after that meeting. But for your sake. And I also want you to recommend this message to certain people. Because we have experienced the spirit of Elijah here. Yes. Reverend Kojo Lindsay carries the spirit of Elijah. And I want to say to all of you, anyone here who is suffering a certain type of suffering, you know, when I listen to him, I realize that certain sufferings are good because through his sufferings, we have all been blessed. So you also may be going through something. Don't run away. Go through it. So that when you are given a microphone to speak one day, your words will make sense. And you'll be a blessing. Destinies have been unleashed this evening. Today. I said entire destinies have been released. People who are in cages have been set free. People who were cursed are set for blessings. And I want to ask you to 
go back to the message and listen again and again. It's not skill we use. It's a blessing. It's sonship. I mean, what I've heard today, I've not heard it anywhere before. I've never heard it anywhere. And because it's not, it's not, it's it, it's not the message, it's the messenger. So if you've not had a certain experience before, you will never be able to speak. I mean, I want us to put our hands together and honor Reverend Lindsay. I tell you, something has happened in this room. I said something has happened in this room. Something has happened in this room. And I pray for you that you will have something to show for coming here. I want to thank all the branch pastors. I see them all over here. Mark, your members were the first to come here from Ikropon. Yeah. It says a lot about you. And God will bless you. I want to thank all the GSOs. Um, his presence, his presence, GSOs, and Basenta leaders had to leave. Because we have, a, we have a very big service coming up in just 15 minutes' time. It will be easy here. <laughs> so. Uh, they had to go because they are going to work and bus. But I'm happy that we have the permission to put this message on. I want to thank the late presidents who came with Reverend Lindsay. I want to thank Basenta leaders, shepherds, Basenta leaders. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank everyone, all those who have been up working, those upstairs have been working since 3.30. Since 3.30. I'm surprised they are still alive. I'm not surprised they couldn't find verses. They are half alive. But clap your hands for all the workers. And uh, before you leave, I want to introduce two very, very important people amongst us to you in the Makane Church International. I want to welcome, I want to ask um, Reverend Kobe Kwanza to come. I want to ask Lady Pastor Rosemary to also come. These two pastors are the pastors who are overseeing the Makane Church International Denomination with me. Every bishop here has a council. And they know their councils. 
but in the denomination I am the we don't use the word chairman anymore we use the word convener so I am the convener of the Makane Church International by the grace of God and I oversee the work in this part of the UD now my two assistants are lay pastors and one is Reverend Kobi Kwanza and Lady Pastor Rosemary. They are they are lay presidents. Lay presidents. And uh, there are a lot of things you go through to become a lay president. It's not just being a president. I said uh, being a pastor. Now, they are going to have a lot of conferences in our denomination called Lycos Conferences. Lycos Conferences. Yeah. The messages we've heard today and other messages are going to be reministered by Lady Pastor Rosemary and uh, <laughs> Reverend Kobe. So, we are going to have it in different ways. Councils, areas, all of us together. Like how we've had this meeting today, we can have another Saturday Lycos conference and everybody comes and the two of them will minister. I will, have, I will just introduce them to minister because they are the leaders of the lay movement which is over 99.9% of our population. Yes. So I want us to, I'm announcing this so that when our conferences start, wherever they go, remember that they are representing Bishop Dagwood Mills in this um, denomination. Is it a good idea? And it's very important. We as a denomination are going to also um, receive um, Bishop Kweku Amponsa in August. Um, what are the dates? 13th, 12th, 13th, and 14th. We will announce it very soon. A very major conference here, but instead of a Saturday like this, it will be evenings. Thursday evening, Friday evening. So that week, all Basenta meetings will be on Tuesdays and Tuesday and Wednesday. Because Thursday evening, Friday evening, all of us are gathering here to sit at the feet of another son you have not met yet. Yes. And then on Saturday, we'll have a conference and then he may minister in Bread of Life or here or Pediasi or somewhere. So that is about three weeks' time. So let's get ready for that amazing time with um, Bishop Kweku. So please, your lay presidents, and uh, I, I, I submit myself to them 
here in this denomination. You do, you do. You see, the the ministry of Reverend Kojo Lindsay is a fantastic ministry in the UD. It's a it's a it's a fantastic ministry, and uh, I really pray that it will only grow. Amen. It will only grow, Amen. and that the 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 stirrings he generates in the heart of his father, Bishop Dagwood Mills, will be continual and continuous. And that God will use him to minister to the lay world, and not just to the lay world, but to the entire body of the UDOLGC. So, Reverend Lindsay, I want to say a very big thank you. And uh, I want to thank all the lay presidents who came with, with you. Um, Reverend Imarus and uh, I've seen Lady Pastor uh, Louisa. Uh, I've seen um, Reverend Josiah. I've seen Reverend Vincent. I mean, they, it's not, they are not just pastors. They are presidents. And that's a, they, it means something. It means something. Um, Reverend Martin Lawson. Is it, is it Martin Luther or Martin Lawson? Martin Lawson. Okay. Reverend Martin Lawson. <laughs> Lady Reverend Pearl. And from all the way from Anakazu Assemblies. And many more. I hope, I, I, I hope I've not left anybody. But the, the, the most powerful person tonight is you. Yes. Very, very powerful. Because what you have received, I tell you, any devil that you know Satan will have to change his plans yes if he ever thought he could get you he could get you to destroy you through the you know ruffling of your relationship with your father then he, he, he has failed I mean he must get you to be a sexy dancer or some, I don't know what you come some, but, but your father it will, nobody here will fall because of a father. Yes. You will only rise because of a father. And we want to thank God once again for the ministry of Reverend Kojo Olins Lindsay praying that God will bless him as he moves on and on and God will increase him as he moves on and on and uh, we are hoping to have him here again, maybe on a Sunday or on a Saturday evening for his presence. Hey, church is about to start. I think I better share the grace. So it's a blessing. I want you to turn to your neighbor and, uh, you know, through your face mask, tell the person, I'm so happy I came here. Say, I'm so happy I came here. And say, I thank God for my pastor who brought me here. And I bless God for the life of my father, Bishop Dagwood Mills. Tell your neighbor, are you aware this is my home? Other person, are you aware this is my home? Yeah. Say, I am a lightician. Say, I am a lightician. No devil will get me out of here. Rather, those who have gone will come back begging for a chair to sit on. Say, this is my home. And I'm proud of this home. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ.
the love of God, the communion, fellowship, contribution, and participation of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. You see, we have got people from uh, lesser denominations, so if we share our own, it, it can easily, yeah. If they rise to become Macanites, then they can also share our... So, God bless you. Drive safe. Give somebody a lift. And we shall meet again.